Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions with my brother from the same mother, D. D, what is going on? Man, it's been an awesome week. It has been an awesome week. Excited to do the uh, stream today. We might have a special guest joining us here a little bit later. I'm not 100% sure yet, but we might, so make How? sure that you stick around for that. How special. Just in a, case. On a scale of one, on a scale of... Here, here we got we to walk through this. Okay, 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 okay. On a scale of one to Daryl Eves. Yeah. Right? On a scale of one to yeah. Daryl Eves. Yeah. Where would this guest fall? Yeah, he, he would fall uh, like past the Daryl Eves scale. Yeah, so it would be like right, like if, like the Daryl Eves part of the scale. Yeah. Yeah, is where he What he's fall. trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Beast will be joining us a little bit later today. <laughs> no. uh, please stick around no, for it's that. It, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that, but, um, but yeah, so we, yeah, so we might have um, somebody joining us today. I'm not 100% sure yet, but, um, but we might, so make sure that you stick around for that because it's going to be awesome um, if they do. Um, in addition to that, um, for those of you uh, that are here now and for those of you that are actually watching on the replay, I do want to let you know that um, when this stream is complete, we add timestamps to it. So if you are coming into this on the replay, I want to let you know that we have timestamps. So because of the nature of this live stream, a lot of different questions come out during the stream, and we would just want to make it easy for you to find the content that's the most important to you. So because of that, we put these timestamps down in the description, and you can also see it at the very bottom of the YouTube player right now. So you can just skip around and find the questions that matter the most to you, or sit back, listen, and learn a ton of stuff about YouTube. Um, with that said, I also want to let everybody know that today's stream is brought to you by... TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are effective for the audiences and traffic sources that you're trying to reach. TubeBuddy also has some AI tools in terms of title generation, in terms of helping you identify the areas in your videos that are suited for shorts based on how your audience has responded to those and all kinds of other helpful tools. But TubeBuddy has over 90 different tools that will help you with your channel and you can try them out for yourself at tubebuddy.com slash Nimmin so you can see what they can do for you. And in addition to that, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming software that we use to stream this every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. I control and the buttons. He does control the buttons. We've already went over this. Oh, is that what, oh, were we both just hitting the same buttons? You just did that again. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so brought to you by StreamYard, um, but they're the live streaming platform that we use every Saturday. And the reason we use them is because it's easy. Um, it's really easy to you know set everything up. It's easy to invite guests in. It's easy to add graphics and videos and background music to your live streams. They also have amazing coffee cups that you can get over in their merch store. And they also have um, where they are hosting everything in the cloud. So if you have a tech problem, if your internet goes down, if your computer crashes abruptly or something like that, it holds the stream open for you in the cloud so you can come back in on your mobile device or something like that and you can join back in instead of just losing everybody that's hanging out so it saved me a bunch of times um, that particular feature itself is something that isn't promoted but I like to spread awareness about it because it can be a, a, a lifesaver but anyway you can try StreamYard out for yourself at StreamYard.com or of course I've got links to that down in the description as well do you know what they do not have in their merch store what's that coasters 
coasters. They still don't have coasters. <laughs> nice. We still don't have duck coasters. <laughs> so if this is your first time um, joining us here today, um, first off, just say new um, in the comments so we can know if this is your first time here. But um, how this works is um, all of this is free thanks to our sponsors, TubeBuddy and StreamYard. And how this works is there's a form down in the description of the stream right now where if you have a question about anything that you're working on, if you've ran into any problems that you're having as a content creator, we have a lot of experience with this stuff. So because of that, um, put your question down in the form that is down in the description, and then we'll try to get it answered here on the stream today. Now, if a guest comes on, then in that particular case, it'll, you know, we'll, we'll still be going through the form, but it typically slows that down just a little bit. So if you do have a question, make sure that you get it in there right now so that we can, you know, definitely get it answered on the, uh, on the stream here today. And uh, without all that stuff out of the way, I think, uh, I think we're, we're good to go and ready to start getting into some questions, Dee. What do you think? Are we going to do questions before the big guest? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not even 100% sure the guest is even coming on. But oh. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think so they are. you just kind of built not... me up for nothing yes. here. Like yeah, I that, got that's all what excited I was saying before like... is I'm like not 100% sure, but I think so. Yeah, so that's what's going on. So maybe we need to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, like turn it down just a notch. Right. Yeah. So maybe like a one, two... <laughs> right. Maybe a one to happy birthday, Daniel Patel. <laughs> Boom. Today happy birthday. Yep. Daniel can't sing it, I guess. But can't yeah. sing it. Yep. Happy birthday, Daniel Batal. Super. Uh, super Batal. 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 I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, always, I say Batal. He's Batal to me. Okay. Then Batal. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll roll I'm Batal too. right here. But yeah, happy birthday, Daniel, man. Um, wish you a amazing weekend and a, an amazing another year. Um, and, and what is it? A happy, uh, not a happily ever after a, uh, many, many more or something like that. Isn't that what you say after the song? Yeah. Here's the thing. We're not going to answer a single question until all 131 of you say happy, happy birthday. birthday, Daniel, <laughs> happy birthday, Daniel. And then we're going to move into questions. So we might even give away some bid summit tickets today. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll see, but not until we get happy birthday, Daniel. Yep. And while we're waiting for those to come in, I'm going to start answering questions. I quit. <laughs> So the very first question is from uh, Camp Brood. Camp Brood says uh, they've been on YouTube for one year or more. Uh, the type of channel is RVing and hiking the United States. And the goal of the channel is to help parents plan their hiking adventures. That's cool. And the question is, other than better storytelling, how can I overcome moving from location to location? I just made 10 videos on Hocking Hill State Park. And I feel like I have to start over now that I'm moving to Sh uh, Shenandoah National Park. What tips do you have Shenandoah. to connect it all? to build momentum and overcome this hurdle. Um, so in your particular case, if you are teaching people how to hike, then in that particular case, I would, you know, guess, and you're going to have to, you know, f figure this out, you know, in terms of understanding of your audience and who is you're trying to reach and all that. But um, in that particular case, I would guess that, you know, the people that you are reaching are interested in hiking. So since they are interested in hiking, just making sure that the content that you are putting out um, isn't necessarily like a vlog in terms of like watch us, you know, necessarily, um, you know, just do, you know, this, uh, you know, this stuff about us, but like it's about us, but these are the things that we're doing like in the park itself and some things that you should be mindful of and things like that so that they can use your channel as a utility of sorts while they're also getting connected to you guys that are making the content. Um, but in addition to that, you can also get creative when it comes to your playlists as well um, and just in the general content that you're making. So for example, if you have you know some vlog style content where you're showing people around the parks, then you would have that. Um, you could also make some tip specific content that you could you know use to try to get people in that are just looking for information on that. But keep in mind when you do that, um, those particular people might just be coming in because they only want to go to that park, you know, which can be kind of limiting. Um, but 
ultimately if you are trying to reach a bunch of people that are into hiking over time as your you know uh, uh channel builds up as a resource for hikers um then you know people will dig into the other you know the other content about the other parks if it's something that they're interested in the the thing that's important to remember on youtube is that you know the the they say that the algorithm follows the audience right and the whole idea with that is you know you have to make sure that you do get really clear on who it is that you are serving with your content because if you're like hey we want people to be watching you know all of these different parks and we don't want people to just come in and you know watch this one video and then never come back to us again because they only were interested in that particular park then in that particular case you know you might want to think about it from a format perspective in terms of you know like yeah we're taking all these adventures but yeah let's make it about the family right to where it's more about the family than it is the actual parks themselves um, but if you're like hey we want to be a resource for people, you know, so we can help parents plan their hiking adventures, then in that case, you just need to make sure that you're making the content that supports that particular audience and not people that are, you know, just curious about the parks or something like that, but people that are actually going there to do it. But other things, um, like I was talking about before in terms of the playlists is, uh, you know, you could also, as you're making that content, you don't have to put all of the videos into it, but basically pick the best videos that you have, you know, of your parks or make sure that you make a best, you know, things to see in this particular park or something like that um video for each of the places that you go to and then put those together in a playlist of you know the best parks in the you know united states or the best parks for hiking in the united states something along those lines and basically just try to drive people into that playlist from content that is designed to uh you know help people you know decide which parks they're going to go to and things like that speaking of parks and speaking of parenting good question type in yes in the chat if you've seen that viral video that's been going around the past i think two days I don't know if it was Yellowstone or Yosemite, but there's like a family of bears. Did you see this? No. There's a there's like a, there's like a mama bear with her cubs, and they're eating like close to the side of the road, and people are pulled over, and like parents are getting out of their cars with their kids and like trying to run up to the bears. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like taking selfies and stuff. Yeah, the bears go away, oh but my. they're like running up to the bears. Like, and you're just like, what? That's like, it's crazy. a mama bear and her cubs, and you're grabbing so your children and running up to the bears. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah, don't parents. do that. Yeah. yeah, those are wild, wild animals. Hi, bears. What's going on, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. You shouldn't have to explain that to somebody. Right. That is a bear. Yeah. Bears will hurt us. Bad example for the kids too. Yeah, really bad right? example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ernesto Esparza Jr., um, who has previously won a bid summit ticket. Um, actually, no. In his case, he got like a book and replays because he's down in Brazil. But he does uh, gaming um, and entertainment content. The goal of the channel is to reach 100 subscribers. And the question is, um, how do I get ads for my YouTube videos if I had more content? Um, so if you are like, I, I'm I'm not 100 sure of the question here. Um, so how do you get ads for YouTube videos if you had more content? So if you get into the the partner program, which has a requirement of 4,000 hours um, of watch time and 1,000 subscribers for the actual ad revenue side of the YouTube partner program, then you just have to you just have to meet those requirements. Then once you meet those um, requirements, then you are uh, then you're good to go from there. So you can get into the lower tier, but with that, it's not to where you get a percentage of the ad revenue. It's where you have crowdfunding that's enabled, so you can get super chats and channel memberships and those sorts of things. But if you are wanting to have you know ads on your videos then you have to get into the um, partner program uh you have to get into the partner program for that yeah so some people are talking about the bears they saw it they saw it it's crazy yeah now now we'll probably all get recommended that video right yeah yeah so can uh, you imagine growing up like like you know they call you a one eye or something mm -hmm. you like this like they just wolverine yes, wolverine scar across, scar across your face, across your face. Yeah. like hey man what happened to you 
I don't know, man. I was like three, and my parents thought it'd be a good idea to run me up and yeah. throw me into the middle of a bunch of baby cubs. Right. Uh, while the mama bear was there. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that video? Yeah. Did you <laughs> yeah. see that video? You probably saw it <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. The one where the mama bear grabs yeah, a little kid, me. puts yeah. it in her mouth, and runs away. Into the, yeah. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> the Dream Builder 21, um, they upload daily content. They have an automotive channel. The goal of the channel is to entertain people with their projects and distract them from their day. And the question is, um, how can I ask people to subscribe without feeling like I'm begging? Um, so this is an interesting question because it, this really comes down to like a perspective thing. So when it comes to, you know, asking people to subscribe, um, like one, it's effective when you ask people to subscribe. Two, you wanna make sure, just as a quick side tip here, that if you are asking people to subscribe to your YouTube channel, you make it as fast as you possibly can, make it as non-interruptive as you possibly can, um, and you, it, you give a quick bit of information about why it should matter to them, right? So instead of just saying, you know, hey, remember to subscribe, tell them why, you know? So yeah. for example, if they're enjoying a particular video, you're halfway through the video, and you have like a lull in that video while you're doing something else. Oh, hey, you know, really quick, just uh, just so you know, uh, you know, I upload videos like this every Tuesday. So if you're enjoying this, make sure you subscribe. Or, you know, um, I have a channel that helps people do X, Y, Z, or, you know, we have a family channel where we take people on adventures, blah, blah, blah. If that's something you're into, make sure you subscribe, things like that. Um, but the other side of it, the, if you the, want to learn how to survive thing, in a national park with your children in front of bears, <laughs> right. go ahead and subscribe to the channel. <laughs> right. Don't miss out on the next video. <laughs> The, uh, the, the, the bigger thing, though, is, is about the confidence that you have in your content. Um, this is something that I don't think, uh, you know, people talk about enough. But as a content creator, you know, there's the content that you're putting out that you, you know, enjoy making. But it's also important, in my opinion, it's important to get your content to a point to where it's not only content that you're, you know, putting out just based on like what you can make, but content that you're putting out that you can be proud of, to where through the value that you're putting out in your content, whatever that value is, that you are confident enough in that value to where you're confident to ask people to subscribe, you know, if you're wanting them to subscribe, because you feel that they should subscribe to the channel if, you know, they want that particular value because you're giving a lot of value in what it is that you do. And, you know, as a reminder, that doesn't mean you have to be helping people solve problems with the content. You know, it could be entertainment, you know, it could be motivational, things like that. But the idea is that you want to make sure that you are getting your content to a point to where you're proud enough of it, that you are, that you're okay saying like, you know, hey, yeah, you should subscribe. Like if you're into this type of content, you should subscribe because, you know, I'm putting out really good stuff, right? Is, is the, is the perspective that you want to, uh, you know, get yourself to. Uh, let's see here. So next up on the list, Chad Garber's nine videos away from 3,200 videos. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of videos. Yep. It's a lot of work. So next Good up, job. we've got Us Plus Dad. Us Plus Dad does daily content. Um, they have a family role play and gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to entertain and build an interactive Roblox community. Um, the question is, when we first started replying to comments, we're easy. We started recently devoting one and a half hours a day to replying to comments, but it feels like we never make a dent. We don't go down the rabbit hole of back and forth conversations, just initial reply. What are some good practices? for replying to comments as you grow can't wait for vid summit also super pumped up for vid summit um so the, it is a great question yeah. and and what you're dealing with here is very common um yeah. you know like we we get this question you know quite a bit so you know when you first start a youtube channel for those of you that are you know just starting out you know on the uh, you know on this particular path so to speak um when you first start a youtube channel you know at first you're like oh man 
I hope I get some comments. And then you're like, oh, I got a comment. And then you answer that comment. And the next thing you know, you're like, well, I'm getting like 10 comments a video. And the next thing you know, you've got an archive of content on your YouTube channel and all of those videos or a lot of those videos are getting comments on a regular basis. And because of that, the amount of comments that you have to start answering on a daily basis can be you know, quite substantial. So because of that, um, YouTube has the heart feature. So you don't have to necessarily reply to every single one. If you want to, you can, um, but at the very least, try to make sure that you go in that you give you know people a heart but even with that like there's not a requirement when it comes to YouTube for you to reply to every single comment that comes in your YouTube channel but it is something that is appreciated by some people other people don't care so because of that just thinking about okay how can we balance our time where's our time spent to where you know it's making the most impact compared to you know doing things that aren't really you know doing much for example instead of working on the comments for an hour and a half a day because that adds up really quick say hey we're going to get through as many comments as we possibly can within you know over the next 30 minutes and um and then you know the rest of that you know time we're going to spend working on content that can actually reach more people right um and then some things that other content creators do as well is when they first publish a video they will just answer comments for the first hour or two and then by doing that it starts to teach viewers that hey when i publish this video i'm active i'm answering your questions i'm giving feedback i'm doing like you know whatever the thing is that you do with your content um, you know i'm having all of those interactions within that first hour um, or two hours that i'm that i'm answering uh, or after i publish this video so um so you can take that approach or you know you can also go the way to where if you're you know somebody like me to where you try to make sure all the comments get some type of you know um, attention then in that case you know you can mix doing it yourself and you know having other people help you with them and things like that um, to where you know if there's two of you because you said we um, you know do the do this you know hour and a half um, so if you have you know more than one person doing it then in that particular case you know like when they have downtime they could be doing it when you have downtime you could be doing it but again you know only do so only do enough to where your your to where that time couldn't be better you know spent somewhere else right because you know the impact that you can make by making an, or working on another video during that extra hour um, you know is a lot more impactful than you know that hour that you would spend uh, you know answering comments yeah I lost control or is likely of, to be I lost control of my comments at around fifty thousand subscribers mm. and it wasn't because of the number of subscribers it was because of the amount of content that I was uploading at the time and the amount of views that I was getting at the time. But that's where I completely lost control. And I, and I know, and I, I don't open those up anymore, but I know at one time YouTube would send out like your monthly reports and they would tell you how many comments you had. Mm -hmm. I think at one time I got up to something like twelve or 15,000 comments a month. Mm -hmm. And I, just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I, the, the way I handle it now is if you leave a meaningful con uh, comment, I'll do my best to reply to you. Mm -hmm. If you're just like, thanks or what's up or something short, I'll, I'll give you a heart. You know, you, you just can't get to them all. Yeah. Do what you can. And exactly like he said, I also hit a point where I realized, you know, I would do it in my downtime, as you know. I'd be in an Uber mm -hmm. or I'd, you know, sitting at Starbucks or something like that, drinking a coffee, answering comments. But you get to the point where you're thinking, okay, I could be a lot more productive with my time if I was focusing on something else. So you, you have to scale it back, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so here, next up on our list, we have... Okay, we did us plus dad. But you can build up your thumbs though. Yeah, you, you can. Like, thumbs. yeah, yeah. Watch. Yeah, yep. see that flexing. One cool thing that YouTube gives us, kind of randomly, is the ability to just hit the auto reply. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. YouTube's yeah. uh, canned response is is good uh, too. Yeah. What man? And I haven't used this in a while. Sorry, but there was the app. Was it? What was that app um, called? Canned responses or canned? Yeah. Is what so it's there called was an for iPhone. There yeah. was an iOS app called Canned 
that's really good for canned responses as well. Yeah, that's good if you have, um, like if you have a lot of the same questions coming yeah. in, yeah. or if you you know have something like that going on, then that's fantastic. If you're on a computer, um, so TubeSpanner has an option to where uh, they also have some you know comment replies that are built in where like AI is just kind of putting in some base level stuff. It's called Comment Magic. And um, there's also an option in there to where if you are somebody that needs to refer people to videos on a regular basis and yeah. things like that, um, to where you can also choose your video from a drop down without having to go and like dig into your YouTube channel to uh, to find it. Yeah, well, yeah, before that stuff like that came along, mm -hmm. having the canned feature. Oh, it's great. That's great because yeah. when people would come in, especially mm -hmm. if you have you know a, a utility type channel where you're doing tutorials and people are asking very specific questions, yeah. that's where canned responses really shine. So if you got something very specific and you're thinking, oh God, I can't write this out. Well, right. I've already written this out a hundred times. You can write it out, put it in your canned response, whatever system you're going to use, mm -hmm. link out to additional videos and then drop that in your, uh, your canned response tool yeah. and just run with it. And um, another thing too, just to kind of level that you know conversation up a bit too, just to give you you know some more information on just kind of dealing with you know the the influx of you know of of you know people reaching out to you in some capacity. Um, other things that you can do um, at a you know at a different place. Hey, Tiffany, what's going on? Um, another thing that you can do is um, for your Gmail account. So if you have, you know, your email address on your about me page, which you should and make sure that it's a different email address than your YouTube account. But with your email address on your about me page, you're going to have a lot of people over time reaching out to you. And same exact thing. If it's in a situation where you're just, you know, giving a lot of the same replies, um, then in that particular case, you also can have templates inside of Gmail. Some people know this, some people don't, which is why I want to share it. Um, but you can have templates inside of Gmail um, and you can have autoresponders. So because of that, like if it starts getting crushed, with a lot of activity then you can turn on one of the autoresponders and then it can let people know hey i'm you know i get a lot of activity here therefore you know I'll, I'll you know answer your email as soon as i see it and then from there you can use those templates in order to you know quickly answer questions um and you know that can also include you know video links as well and all of that can be done um, inside of your gmail and another side of that is the email on your about me page and this is something you know that i recommend um is you have your main Gmail account, you know, for your YouTube channel. And then another thing that you can do is have, you know, that extra email account, essentially, that's part of your community management in terms of when people are reaching out, that's the email that they get for, you know, viewers, for brands, anybody that wants to collaborate, those types of things, and have that particular email. And because of, you know, it's on YouTube, and that's also the one that you can say, you know, publicly, you know, when you're live or in videos, things like that. And, you know, some people, you know, will also, you know, spam that, and, you know, those sorts of things as well. So because of that, and because of the volume that you can get in that particular email because it is you know public to everybody um, another thing that you can do is have an additional email that you move conversations into so for example if somebody reaches out to me to work with me or collaborate in some way um, and it's a you know that type of email then in that particular case it goes from that public facing email into a different email account so I just CC it and then through that CC I let them know hey you know this email here you know my response time is fast and all that and then that's just a way to kind of filter everything through and help you just be able to manage things a little bit easier because just that one public facing email, it can get a lot of activity. Um, so because of that, it kind of helps you kind of clear out the noise and then you can check that email just, you know, when you have downtime or, you know, as part of your, you know, workflow, but the things that you prioritize are those conversations, you know, coming from people that you've already had that, you know, deeper contact with. So hopefully that helps. So to react, ask, uh, is this a fake live stream? No, this is absolutely uh, completely real, yeah. as real as it can get. Uh -huh. But 
why are we not going back like five years ago, mm-hmm. getting our old live streams and just hit and play? Why are we not? Why are we actually sitting here right now? Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's grab a link. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's go, let's go watch Equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't even oh, know what we're doing good. here. Yeah. Right. Has YouTube really it. changed that much <laughs> that we can't grab an old stream and throw it up here? Ninety nine percent of the people in here wouldn't even Probably catch a bit. Yeah. it. Yeah. Like you know, this seems yeah. a little familiar. Right. These guys look a little younger. They're not so gray. <laughs> so uh, the next question is from um, Home Rapid Repair. Hope that you're doing great. Um, Renee Ritchie comes in and just says, "Ahsoka." Okay. So we want to talk about that real quick before we go. We need we to go. talk about it, Renee. So I yeah. finally, I, 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 was, I still haven't seen it yet. I still haven't watched it. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. So Renee, we need to talk about this. Remember, no spoilers. Just no for the spoilers. people who haven't seen it. No spoilers. But I was going to wait until they were completely finished. However, we jumped in on it because. Hey, really quick, really quick, just to add to the other conversation that we were having. Yes. One thing I just want to mention here, really quick, is um Jerry uh, also added an additional thing, Oops. is that you can set up Gmail to fetch you know email from other services, which is you know um, also a great tip for the system that I was talking about. It doesn't really apply, but that's another great way that if you did have multiple YouTube channels where you can have them feeding into one main one and things like that. So sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah. So we were going to wait until it ended, but guess what? I open up YouTube and I've been like trying to avoid spoilers like crazy. And I open up YouTube and guess what YouTube says? YouTube's like, Hey, here's a bunch of videos with spoilers on thumbnails about Ahsoka. Will you want to see them? <laughs> and Renee, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The image that I'm talking about. I think it was, you know, when you know who comes in and that spoils to me and I was furious. I'm like, all right, I'm watching it. I am completely disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Hybrid Steel says that he's not impressed by it either. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. The, the last episode, the last episode, which we're not going to spoil. The last episode has been the best episode by far. Because you know who was involved, and I think that was spectacular. Monique, we're in the same camp, not watching it until it's finished. But I was—I think this is the absolute worst Star Wars show that they've released so far. So bad. That's saying a lot. So bad that if they would not have made this last episode, I would—I <laughs> would have probably tuned out and not watched it, and I—and I might not even watch a season two if they don't pick it up. Mm. That, That's and saying I'm, a lot. That's saying something. Yeah, it's saying, something. saying something. Yeah, I'm so let down. I hope that I have a differing, a differing opinion. Yeah, Renee agrees. Uh, under, underwhelming, like all the way around, it seems. Yeah. I feel Heidi, like, thank you for the super chat. You. Super appreciate it. Super chat. Thank you, Heidi. I, I feel like there was such an opportunity there because she's such an amazing character. And they just, I don't even know what they're doing. Mm. I don't even know what they're doing. And Dave Filoni's involved. I don't get it. Oh, well. Anyway. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what, what it is. Say. It is what it is. So Home Rapid Repair, Home Rapid Repair is probably like, hey, wait a minute. Like, you're getting ready to answer my question. So um, Home Rapid Repairs, um, they do home improvement content. The goal of the channel is to become a trusted source for everything home improvement. And the question is, if we schedule a future live stream on YouTube, do those cool notify me reminders go out automatically? Or is that an extra step? Thanks for all you do. So when it comes to the, um, when it comes to the notifications for your live streams, all you have to do is schedule the stream. And when you schedule the stream, then YouTube is going to make that available on your channel. And then as people find that particular stream or as they recommend it to people, then they have the option to click the notify. So if you have the feature, then I recommend also using a trailer because then you can actually talk to people and tell them exactly why they should be joining the stream if you choose to you know, use it in that way compared to just a thumbnail. So it's just something a little bit more interesting there. Um, I, you know, sometimes I use that on these streams. I usually use that on streams that I do elsewhere. 
where on this one for the last handful of streams I've used the uh, music video just because it's fun you know for those of you that come here on a regular basis that's the reason that you know we put that in there um, but before I was adding that one um, I have a you know specific trailer but I'm wanting to update it so that's why I'm defaulting on the music video now um, but anyway the idea is that you know you can add a video trailer and during that video trailer you can grab their attention just like you do in the video when they click on it and you can explain to them quickly why it is that you should they should join the stream or what it is that you're going to be doing in the stream those sorts of things to where you can add a little bit more clarity through the video instead of them just seeing a static you know thumbnail there i mean so, they'll be able to get a lot of information from the title but i'm just saying if you did want to level it up um then in that case you know you definitely have that option to do so so number one i want to say hello to ron's trains and things and yes hey we ron do, we do need a star wars specific live stream there's so yeah. much to talk about number two colin michaels in the house colin listen to me listen to me uh, so I've, I've been using CapCut a lot over the past couple of months. And here's a video idea for you because I know you're just hammering CapCut. And you're probably not going to get a lot of views. And you're probably going to hate me later if you make this video. But this is a video that needs to be made. Okay? And you're the guy to do it. You need to make a video that figure out a way. I'm going to the channel right now and subscribing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome CapCut stuff over there. Yep. And, and, and you have to find a way to be able to, to measure luffs on the audio scale so all you get inside of, of cap cut that i'm that i'm aware of is you just get the you know the, the normal audio level to db mm -hmm. right to be able to find something that works with that to be able to actually turn it into luffs get on it <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that. I was looking for. I was like, "How do I do this?" And I was open up and open up all my different audio plugins, trying to see if anything would record. I couldn't figure it out. Mm. I didn't spend a ton of time on it, but I figured you probably already know how to do it. So, yeah, I'll probably just send you like an email. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like D, this is how you do it. Or yeah, hey, yeah. this is the video I have. I've got like eight videos on this D. Yeah, right. Yeah, YouTube is like, yeah, we're not going to show you. We're not going to show you this. <laughs> I was going nuts. I was like, come on, somebody's had. Colin, Colin, come on, Colin. I actually almost sent you a message. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like, hey, like, man, have you Colin, how do you out? do this? Yeah. <laughs> nice. But he was, it was, he says, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Build With Mooney, uh, they upload one time per week or more. They've been making videos for less than six months. They do woodworking content. Um, the goal of the channel is to share and teach for free. And the question is, how long should I give an older video long form? I've updated the thumbnail and title to know if the changes are working. So just all you, ha all you need once you make those changes is impressions. So if you see impressions coming in, then you'll be able to start seeing in real time if people are responding better to that content or not. Um, so you can, you know, if you're getting like a lot of traffic, then in that case, you know, you can make that call, you know, relatively quickly. Um, but, you know, keep in mind when it comes to, you know, the performance of a video um, in that particular case, you know, it's not always the thumbnail and title. Sometimes it can be the topic. Um, sometimes it can be to where when people click into it, you know, they don't watch that video for an amount of time that, you know, helps YouTube determine that it's a satisfactory experience for their viewers, that sort of thing. So because of that, you know, when a video isn't performing, it's not always the thumbnail and title. But if you are paying attention to your click-through rate, you have your averages on your channel, that kind of stuff, then in that particular case, then you can just use that as a way to identify, like, wow, this one's hitting way lower than what I typically do. And then from there, instead of going into reactive mode, like, oh, hey, I need to right now change the thumbnail or I need to right now change the title, thinking of it through the lens of, okay, this isn't performing um, as usual, 
why do I think that is? Do I think it's because of the thumbnail? Do I think it's because of the title? Do I think it's how the thumbnail and title are working together? Do I think it's the topic of the video itself? Let me go in and look at their retention on this and see how people are responding there, how many people are completing the video, um, what kind of engagement is it getting, but basically just kind of getting an overview there and deciding um, you know, if the thumbnail and title is even the problem in the first place. Because I think a lot of people, they you know just instinctively will just be like, oh, it's gotta be the thumbnail or title. But sometimes the topic is you know off, sometimes the timing, you know, that video is off. Um, so because of that, you know, just keep that in mind, but also keep in mind that when you first publish a video, it doesn't necessarily dictate that that video is going to, you know, do awesome or not into the future. So because of that, you know, keep in mind that when you publish, yes, YouTube is, you know, going to be showing it to the people that their system thinks is the most likely to enjoy that content at that moment in time. However, that doesn't mean that when they are doing that, if those people that they're initially showing it to, which are the people that are currently the most engaged in your channel, um, if they're not responding to it at a high rate, that does not mean that YouTube won't find an audience for it later. So just keep that in mind. I always find it interesting when I draw, when I use StreamYard because we're multi-streaming right now. Mm -hmm. So if I use StreamYard to send a comment and it says all, it will send a comment as me and you at the same time to both streams. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that, that's interesting. But if I want, but if I want to do only you, I can choose you. But then I feel, I feel dirty for trying to chat as you. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm kind of like you should, you should. <laughs> God, you know, because I could say some stuff and get you in a lot of trouble. Right, like right. Nick said it. It's yeah, right there. He said it right here. It's, it's his name under his account. Yeah. <laughs> so, so trying to learn bikes is the uh, next question. They do motorcycle DIY maintenance. The goal of the channel is to help people learn DIY maintenance on their motorcycle. Also, to create videos that are good enough that everyone would like to watch, even if they don't care about motorcycles. So, uh, the question is. I've created videos in the past that have promoted products purely because I use them and I think they're of good quality. I have no affiliation and get no payment or promotional incentives and have indicated that in the upload preamble section of the upload page. If in the future I do get an affiliate option or sponsored by the company I promoted in the past, am I obligated to go back and amend or edit the old videos to indicate that I'm now compensated in some way for promoting their product? Thanks in advance for all of your astute recommendations. So um, the old content, because of the date of publish, you didn't have a relationship with those companies when you published at that time. So because of that, everything in your video is unbiased and meaning that there isn't like incentive behind you saying any of the things that you were saying in that content. And because of that, you do not need to go back and disclose any new relationships. But if you do have a new uh, you know, relationship, if you do have it to where you know, they start sponsoring you or you start, uh, really, it really comes down mostly to just sponsorship. Um, then in that particular case, if they're giving you product or money for the video, not affiliate, but if they're you know, prepaying you product or um, uh, money for the video, then in that particular case, then you do need to disclose. And the FTC has recently complicated things even more to where let's say that you're making a video, and this is something that we're, that's gonna take a little bit of getting used to for everybody, but if we wanna be 100% compliant, which we should, this is what we have to do. So with the um, update that they put out recently, if you have a relationship with a company, like let's say for example, right now, you know, during the stream, you know, we're sponsored by uh, StreamYard, we're sponsored by TubeBuddy. 
even if I'm making a piece of content that I am that isn't you know directly sponsored in terms of hey Nick we're paying you for this particular video if I happen to mention them in that video according to the new rules just like you right so if they if they give you this thing and then from that point forward when you make content if you mention them there then according to the FTC you're supposed to let people know that you have had some type of a relationship with them um, which I think is kind of weird because then that means like if you you have a uh, you know if you get a sponsor deal for one video yeah. at one time for something that you use on a regular basis then in that particular case like every time you mention it in a video for I don't know like when does it stop a year ten years 10 million years right yeah like um you know then you have to continually you know let people know that you know m maybe they sent you that thing that one time two years ago which is kind of ridiculous but uh but you know that's the rules so you know if you want to be 100 percent compliant you know you have to make sure that you do have those disclosures once those relationships are uh once those relationships are in place yeah weird rules yeah very weird rules yeah it's like it's almost like the people that are making these rules are 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 uh dinosaurs yeah and they have completely no basis. out of touch almost yeah and they're forgetting what they're saying in the middle of their speeches right. they just kind of like nod and off. they don't even know what's going on yeah right yeah it's crazy almost like and you know what the crazy thing is is like i know that these rules exist but i yeah. know a lot of people just don't follow those rules yeah and a lot of people just don't even know they, they exist. don't even know they exist yeah, yeah because they don't you even know, know they exist. because it's the ftc i mean you know granted like you know ignorance of the law is never defense however right. you know when they put these types of things in place you know they don't they don't do much to let people know about them and it's not youtube's job to let people know that's like an FTC thing. It's something completely unrelated. So, you know, because of that, you know, they, they should be running ads all the time, all over YouTube, all over all of these social platforms. Like, hey, if you're an influencer, if you have a YouTube channel and you're promoting stuff, whatever, like they should be running ads all the time um, it, to spread awareness about it. They, they should. Okay. Uh, YouTube creators. Listen up. YouTube needs for emergency things like this, things that can impact. Emergency what? Just impact. This is information you oh, have okay, to know. Okay, okay. You, like, this affects everyone. Sure, sure, sure. They should have a pop-up video that pops up. Yeah, I agree. And you can't, go, you can't go any further until you complete that video. Yeah, I agree. So they're like, hey, we let you know. You watch that video. Yep. So if you mess up, now it's on now you. Now it's on you. Because yep. I, yeah. Don't blame us. Don't go on Reddit complaining about what we did. Yeah. yeah. Instead, own it. Yeah. yeah, and and you have things too, like you know, obviously you know FTC is like that's that's in the U.S. That's that mm -hmm. thing, right? Right. So, and, and I understand it's where your target audience is, but mm -hmm. let's just say, and I'm just going to pull this randomly, but let's say you're in uh, Guatemala. Right. Say so you're a YouTuber in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Even if you're making content that reaches the you know United States audience, like nope. Now you're now like, you're on the hook. Yeah, but like, what are they going to do? Right. Right. Guatemala. Come right. get me, bro. Right. Like, what, right. Like, what? Take your, come at yeah, me, come, man. Come yeah. at me. Yeah. Come at me. <laughs> come at me, man. Like, what are you going to do? Right. Right? Yeah, Renee says uh, creators are also treated very differently than TV and movies. Yeah, so it's important yeah. to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. So Design Burst um, is our uh, is our next question. I like uh, that name. They do. It is a good design name. Um, good interior name. design content. The goal is to educate my viewers about interior design. The question is, um, our channel is about interior design. Last week, I asked about changing the format of our content from interior design ideas to an actual design of um, one of our subscribers. Thanks for the advice last week. We followed it. And instead of saying subscriber, we now use viewer. Um, we just posted our video today. However, the process of making the video from scripting, 3D modeling, rendering, the video editing takes a long time. One question is, what is a good system, if there is, to expedite the video making process? It took us almost two weeks for one video. We are beginners and any advice would help us a lot. Um, another question is, when will you be streaming again on the TubeSpanner channel? Um, so I'll be streaming on the TubeSpanner channel. Um, um, 
I'm heading, I'm, I'm actually um, traveling at the end of this week. Um, so it'll what? probably. Is it, the, is it time already? Oh, yeah. What day are you leaving? Yeah, I'm, heading, I'm, heading, I'm heading to the States what uh, day are you leaving? on Friday. The 22nd? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So we're not going to stream again until when? Until um, I'm coming back. Uh, we'll talk about the whole travel stuff like uh, like later. But basically, uh, I'm getting rid of Nick. I'm getting rid of Nick. <laughs> no, really, next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Wow, boy, yeah. that just came really fast. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Super excited to go over there and like you know wow. see mom and hang out and uh, you know see you know I'm going to you know see some friends and uh, and then of course Vid Summit you know as well. So you know that's a win. Um, but yeah, so in terms of that stream, um, it'll either be before I go or once I'm in the States, I might hop on there and, um, and do one there. Okay. I got to cover this. Okay. Go. So home rapid repair says Colin, Michael, I don't know crap about what's going on with Ahsoka, but my teenage daughter is amazed. I told you today mm -hmm. that the that show that's what it was targeted towards. Yeah. I yeah. told you today. I said, it feels like the mm -hmm. target audience is a, a teenage, mm -hmm. a, a teenage uh, female audience. Yep. Which is fine, mm -hmm. uh, but that, like that's the feeling I get. Mm -hmm. It feels like a Disney teenage female audience mm -hmm. who their target audience is, and that's cool. Yep. I'm cool with that. Yeah, so I haven't. Uh, we I haven't just talked it. about that today, so we it's did. interesting that you said your teenage daughter loves it mm -hmm. because that's who exactly that's who it feels like it was for. Yep. Go Disney. They nailed it. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they're Disney. Yeah. Like, get rid of these old creeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, focus on the kids. So the next uh, question here is from playing the mom game, playing the mom game. Um, they upload one time per week or more. Um, the type of channel is lifestyle and organization content. The goal of the channel um, says they wanted to create something creative and try to monetize. And the question is, eventually, I'd like to monetize with sponsorships, but it all sounds kind of intimidating. Do sponsors generally first reach out to creators or the other way around? And do they give you guidance on what to say or review your outline slash video before you publish? Um, thanks for these live streams. They're great. So first, glad that you're enjoying the live stream. Um, to answer your question, when it comes to how you interact with sponsors as a content creator, um, there's two different approaches, of course. One approach is to where you just focus on making the content and trying to serve your audience in the best possible way. And then as you you know progress through that, then brands will reach out to you and then you can start the conversations there. Um, that's usually the path that, that most content creators make, at least the content creators that I know. Um, and then the other path is that you come into this and you're like, okay, once my channel gets to like a certain amount of views, then, uh, you know, regular, you know, consistent views to where I can offer them, you know, eyeballs, essentially, um, then in that case, I'm going to leverage that I'm going to start reaching out to people. And before I start reaching out to people, I'm going to start promoting some things as an affiliate. So I can actually get some data in terms of how my audience converts, because not every audience on YouTube converts the same. So I'm going to start getting some of that. And then I'm going to start approaching people that I think would be a great fit for what it is that I'm doing. Um, in addition to that, the content that you make can also get you in front of some of those people, you know, when they are looking around for, for content. So for example, you know, since you guys watch my content, you know, I've, I put out, you know, two AI videos lately. And because of that, my inbox is just full of all these different AI tools that are wanting to work together in some way. Um, so, you know, that content, if I didn't make it, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be getting that same response um, that I'm getting, you know, right now in terms of, you know, all of those emails coming in from AI specific tools for content creators. So, um, so because of that, you know, the right content can definitely, you know, position you well um, in front of, you know, uh, you know, people that are sponsoring content creators. But in addition to that, um, another thing to make sure that you are thinking about is preparing yourself for those opportunities. So if you are somebody that is like, hey, I'm just going to focus on making the best content that I possibly can. And then once I come on the radar, I'm just going to let them reach out to me. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to focus on the content. And then as those 
as those things start happening, then I'll embrace them. If you are that person, then in that particular case, go ahead and get a media kit together um, that talks about your uh, you know, audience demographics, that talks about any mission that you happen to be on in your YouTube channel. Um, you can give some insight on yourself, maybe your own you know, origin story in terms of you know, just a really quick blurb of you know, why it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing in the first place or what got you there, um, those types of things. And also start thinking about, okay, well, what am I gonna offer? Because that's one of the first things that people will ask you is they'll be like, okay, what, what, what do you offer? So, you know, do you do video content? Do you do, are you going to offer uh, full dedicated videos? Are you going to offer little, you know, um, uh, ad integrations to where you have like a 30 second or a one minute spot? Are you going to do just like little quick mentions? Are you going to set the brand up as a hero in a dedicated video? Um, like, what are you going to do there on that particular side? Um, are you going to do, are you going to offer long form content and short form vertical content? Are you going to offer that content only on YouTube or are you going to put together a package deal of some kind for all of your social media platforms? Um, are you live streaming? Are you going to do stuff like we do right here to where, you know, you put, you know, uh, logos and stuff like that, you know, in your stream to, you know, bring attention to different things. Like, you know, what is it that you're going to offer? Because that's going to be one of the things that, you know, that, that you're going to get asked. So when you have that information ready, then, you know, one, you can handle it more professionally. Um, but two, you also know, okay, well, this is, this is what I'm going to offer. But um, one thing that I recommend that you do, if you are somebody that's interested in brand deals, and he's actually, for those of you that are going to Vid Summit this year, um, he's actually speaking at Vid Summit as well. And every time he talks, um, uh, if it's if he's on somebody's live stream, if he's making a YouTube video, if he's on his own live stream, if he's on a presentation somewhere, the, yeah, the amount of value that Justin Moore brings. Um, we actually did a, a video interview that I'm going to be publishing on my channel this week um, with him also. But the amount of value that he brings when it comes to the conversation about brand deals um, is fantastic. He just blows minds all over the place when yeah. he, you know, starts coming in with the tactics that he's used to get over $5 million in brand deals for content creators. Yeah. So, um, but his channel is called Creator Wizard. So if you just look for that um, and you find uh, Justin over there, make sure you subscribe to his channel. And if you yeah. are interested in brand deals, watch everything that he puts out because you will learn a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And... <laughs> Talking about like putting, you know, sponsorships and putting their images up mm -hmm. in, in terms of what we do. So <laughs> we built this. Like this thing is real. It's mm -hmm. built out of metal. That yep. sign is real for TubeBuddy. We actually have some interchangeable stuff. It's printed on a thing. It's Velcroed out. Mm -hmm. The amount of time like trying to like design all of this stuff mm -hmm. was ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. Like just we even had to take this metal thing off one time and move it because we changed the camera lens. Just a lot of time went into like how we're gonna set this up, how we're gonna light everything. All this is real. Nothing is green screen. Mm -hmm. And then we're sitting here in StreamYard one day. <laughs> we're sitting here in StreamYard one day and 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 Nick makes some some images and we thought, why are we doing it this way? when all we have to do is show an image on the screen. <laughs> right. All we yeah. have to do is show an image on the screen and it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Like if we made an image, like that would have saved so much time it if we would have just made the image instead of like welding all of this stuff together. Right. And now these things are here. But for uh, multiple camera views, stuff like that, you know, it works because like yeah. when we switch back to this, it we does. have to hit the button every time and stuff like that. So it does, but it it's just funny. Like, yeah. because you didn't spend any time on right, this. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. He's over there I'm like, yeah, like I was over here, like, you know, drinking coffee and stressing out. And he's like, I'm just getting <laughs> taking trips across town yeah. in the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm out here in the, the Thailand heat trying to carry <laughs> stuff on a metal on a motorbike. And he's just sending me messages like, get it done by Friday. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's like, not i did not send that message at all yeah <laughs> but uh the the next question that we have is from uh mini scenes gb mini scenes gb they upload every other day they've been on youtube for less than a year um the type of channel is a craft channel the goal of the channel is to share my crafts and hopefully make a little money as well and the question is for a craft slash education channel is it possible to upload too often i upload about twice as many videos as most similar channels and i wonder if it's doing more harm than good so like I mentioned, uh, when we first started the, the stream, we first started answering questions, you know, the algorithm follows the audience and you always have to make sure that you're considering your audience, their tolerance and those types of things. But you also have to make sure that you're considering the quality of your output. So if you are flooding YouTube, with just like a bunch of videos for the sake of getting out a bunch of videos, but the content isn't at a competitive level yet to where, you know, you're getting, uh, you know, a, a competitive amount of views on that content or views that you're, you know, happy with, then in that particular case, just flooding the platform form with the same thing isn't necessarily going to cause you know anything to really change so because of that if you are going to be more aggressive in your upload schedule i recommend first getting your you know spending the time that you need on the content in terms of we publish this video now we're looking in the analytics to see how people responded. We're gonna make any changes, you know, based on anything that we noticed. We're gonna make another video, publish that video, and then renting, repeating that process. Getting your content to a quality standard to where nothing in the content production is distracting to the viewer and also to a standard to where people are enjoying the content enough and that you're packaging it well enough in terms of you know the topics that you choose to make videos about how the thumbnails that you choose to make and the titles that you choose to write um, that all of those things are happening at a quality standard that people are responding to to where you're getting the views that you're happy with right views that you can work with and then from there once you reach that point that's where you're like okay this is how long it takes us, you know, to do this, uh, you know, content now, even though, you know, maybe we spend more time on it. Um, uh, does it make sense for us to upload more content? And can we maintain that for, you know, a long period of time? If the answer is yes, then in that case, that's when you start being more aggressive with your upload schedule, because it's really easy to come in and start making content um, and just start, you know, making a bunch of videos and just uploading yeah. them to YouTube for the sake of building out the library. But if the content that you're publishing isn't content that people are responding to at a competitive rate for YouTube, then what's going to happen is you're going to just flood your channel with content that people aren't responding to. So because of that, just building your content up to a quality standard to where you're happy with the result that you're getting um, in terms of the response that the viewers have, because ultimately they are the, are the, are what determines the quality of content. Um, and it's not just your camera optics. It's not, you know, just your audio, things like that. Um, you know, it's the audience. So that's why you see some people will just make a video on their phone. They're just like walking around it's unedited. They're just sitting there talking to the camera, but based on the things they're talking about, how they communicate, how they engage, you know, with the camera and all of that and how they package it all up, people respond to it. And you'll see content creators all over the internet that are like, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm putting all this time into my videos. You got this other person that's just walking around with the phone and they're getting all these views. Why isn't that happening to me? And you know, it comes down to that quality is determined by the experience that the viewers are having and not, you know, necessarily the, you know, production quality of the content. So because of that, you just want to make sure that what it is that you're uploading is, you know, has a quality standard to where you're getting the response that you're happy with. And then from there, that's where you're like, okay, now that you know people are responding to this, now let's upload. Now let's say that you're already there. Let's say that you do have it at that quality standard and now you're like, hey, I'm uploading you know, more than other people in my niche. 
I say go for it. I say, you know, as long as you have the bandwidth to support that for uh, a long period of time, because sustainability and what you're doing on YouTube is important if you want to do this for a long time. Um, so because of that, if you do have that quality standard and you are able to put everything together, um, you know, efficiently so that you can put out multiple pieces of content or just more content than your competitors, in that particular case, you're giving people more content to watch. So have a period of time to where you test, you know, being aggressive with your uploads and see if it makes a difference or not. In some cases, people do just as well off of one good video a week compared to people that upload, you know, okay videos five days a week. So because of that, you know, experiment with it over like a 90 day period. And then if you're like, hey, this makes a huge difference and we're gonna, you know, we're getting a big response from this, then keep going with it. Or if you're like, oh, this isn't really making much of a difference compared to when we don't upload as much, then in that case, you don't need to upload as much, uh, you don't need to upload as much content. And then you can focus even harder on trying to make that, you know, one video per week um, or two videos per week even better than they than they currently are because you have that additional time to spend on them and great answer thank you yeah i'm going to throw another piece yeah, in yeah, there please like do. if you've got the energy to, to to instead of making that other piece of content the other video take the video that you've already made and try putting it on other platforms mm -hmm. right put it on facebook put it on instagram put it on tiktok put it on whatever yeah what, yeah yeah put it put it wherever you think it's going to be or even if you think it's not going to work, like you don't know. You don't know where your audience is going to be. Mm -hmm. So you've already made the piece of content. So you might have to reframe it. You might have to shoot some different parts to it. But put that up on all the different platforms and see if you can't build an audience all over the place. Mm -hmm. Instead of making that second piece of YouTube content up. Test it, of course. Test everything. Yeah. Other things, too, like when it comes to, you know, just getting in front of more people, you also have things like if you watch my AI video, um, there's a tool that I'm using right now on my Nimmin Extra channel. So basically what I do with these live streams, and I've got a link to that down in the description, or you can just go to YouTube search and type in Nimmin Extra. Um, it's basically where I have some older long-form videos that we've sampled out from this live stream, um, just the good parts. Um, and then now I'm uploading daily shorts over there. So if you just want a quick hit of just like a YouTube tip, you know, every day, make sure you subscribe to that particular channel but for that to get in front of more people on that particular channel um, what I'm doing is I'm taking these live streams I'm dropping them into a service called opus clip and I've actually got a link to that down in the description but it takes this live stream and then it converts it with captions and everything into a big stack of shorts like for the length of these streams I usually get about 40 to 50 shorts out of it um, but with those it allows me to you know put it in front of more people and uh, you know essentially just you know let more people know about me and what it is that I do and what it is that I offer here so um, so because of that if you are trying to get in front of more people there's also other formats that you can use like youtube shorts for example to you know to to, to accomplish that yeah so there was a uh there was a message that went by a while ago and i apologize if i if i it's long gone but i i saw the message and it was ai makes people lazy and i wanted disagree. to disagree well, well i well, yeah i wanted to address that and then we just kind of came into this conversation oh, okay. Okay. so I, I think it's relevant here so i i i have two thoughts on ai i think if you know what you're doing as a creator or you're able to look at AI as a tool, I think it's, in, I think it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I think it's powerful. I think it can speed up your workflow. I think it can, it can inspire you to do things that you otherwise wouldn't have thought of. Mm -hmm. Like he was just talking about with Opus Clips, you can take yep. a piece of content and AI will automatically chop that up and make short form videos with it or however you want to chop it up so you can stick those on other platforms. Like AI is incredibly powerful and you can use it as a tool. Where I think people are going wrong with AI is if they're just relying on an AI to do things for them, but they don't yet know what's good. 
Yeah. Maybe you're just getting started and you've yet to build the skills. So you don't you don't understand what a good thumbnail is. You don't mm -hmm. understand how to hold someone's attention through a video yet to get, you know, good audience retention. You don't understand how to choose a good title yet. So you're using AI for all of these things. And you might be getting lucky, but if you don't know what's good and you don't know what your audience, re you know, what's going to react to, I don't think it's lazy. I just think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't first learn how to do it yourself so you can properly identify what quality is. Right. Other because sometimes the AI spits something out. Like sometimes, you know, I'll be sitting around with Chat GTP asking it for ideas, and I'd be like, "Those are good, but I wouldn't use any of them." Mm, yeah. Right. But so, but if you don't know, if you don't know what actually makes a good title or a bad title, you might actually use one of those titles. Yeah. So I think as powerful as it is, I think it's also being used as a a crutch. Maybe. I, I, I think it? I think it's a helpful crutch. Like, like it's a I helpful think, crutch. But I think you if have... you I think if you don't know how to do it. Then in that particular case, using those and then experimenting with like, hey, did people respond to this or not? And yeah. kind of using that as a way to learn, I think is also good because then you can like see how it's formatting everything. You can see if it's putting emphasis on particular words. Like you can start to notice those types of patterns with what it is that yeah. it's putting together when it comes to titles. If you're um, paying so I think attention. That that's helpful. Yeah, if, if you're, you're paying, paying attention, attention to it. Right. But, um, you're paying attention. But in in terms of you know AI in general, I think that uh, you know I don't think it's for lazy. I think it's for efficiency yeah. so you know efficiency um, i think it's also um, helpful when it comes to just ideation so for example you know i know how to write a title but yeah. i'll still run my stuff through different title generators i run it through um, tubebuddy through tubespanner and through chat gpt because they give me all different th different titles and different variations and i'm like oh i didn't think about this word that's a really good word i'm going to use that oh i didn't think about you know kind of framing the end of it this way that's really good i'm going to use that yeah. um you know this particular thing right here uh, you know this word or whatever I'm gonna use that too but basically you know using all of the different stuff to say you know can I take what I'm doing and make that better um, I think that you know it's a it's a good use of you know those particular yeah. tools yeah, and I like opus for example too I wouldn't be uploading those to the channel otherwise right so because of that it's enabled me call me lazy if you want but it's, it's enabled me it's enabled me to be able to do that without needing to hire somebody else to do it. And I can just basically have it spit out those clips and then I download those and I upload them to YouTube. The entire process takes me roughly 30 minutes. Okay. Pause. Yeah. You upload, let's say, let's say you do I this. Batch them. Okay. I, I should do it on YouTube. Hear me but, out there. Or I mean, I should do it on my mobile app, but instead I just hit the upload and then I just dump them all over there and batch them. Um, and I just, I just take the whole folder of them. Right. Bam, but hear me out there. Hear me out. So you, you upload your, your, this stream. So we do yep. the stream shy of three hours. Yep. You upload it. It gives you all these different videos. Yes. How many, and this is the point I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. How many of those videos are not suitable to actually go up or you need to change the title or just great question yeah so out of right? out of um i don't use their titles so um they why? do they do suggest the titles but why because i believe i write better titles okay Th this right. is my whole I point be wrong no but, but this i is, believe that i write better but titles. this is my point yeah you understand sure right even though their titles are probably great you mm -hmm. understand for your audience right that you can write titles that are going to get more clicks than, than what right. gets And that's I, my point. And if I need to edit the, uh, if I need to edit the clip, right? Um, because within that tool, you can also say like, um, okay, um, if it started it here, um, I want to go in and edit it to where it actually starts, you know, back here instead right. to where it starts a little bit earlier and maybe ends a little bit earlier. And when you do that, it can also change the context of the video so that if it shows up, you know, while somebody's in a, in a mobile feed to where the context might be a little bit different based right. on how 
about starting. Right. So because of that, you know, it'll require a change to the title. But workflow wise, a, a quick tip for this is I while I'm doing this, I have a Google Doc open. And then um, for efficiency, what I do is I will go in um, to Opus Clip and any of the ones that I edit, then I'll basically say, okay, number one is the one I'm going to use and then I'll edit it and then I'll write the title over in um, the Google Doc. And I have both of these side by side. And then I go through that and then while it's processing the current ones that I've made the edits to, then I'm, you know, way down the list. So then by the time I get down to like, let's say number, you know, 15 or or 20, then in that particular case, all of the other edits that I've made, they're all processed, ready to go. And then once the batch is done, I go and I start downloading. And then when I download, I just copy the file name out of uh, Google Docs, mm -hmm. paste it in as the title. And then that way, when I uh, save it, then I have the actual title in there. And then when I upload it to YouTube, it auto inserts that same title as right. well. So I don't have to just rewrite a bunch of titles all the time. Um, and it just makes the whole entire process just super efficient and fast. Moral of the story. Use AI to speed up your workflow and yep. to inspire you, but also learn how to do this stuff yourself yeah. so you can identify when you can correct something so it can be better. Yeah. We got a super chat. Super chat. All right. Uh, Demons Row um, says, I shoot uh, videos with two angles, one a front, a little overhead, two on the side. Am I losing out not doing a direct mugshot type shot? Um, I don't think so. Like, um, you know, like one thing that you can do that will give you tons of insights in this particular scenario is if you try some different shots and just see. Right, because you'll be able to see in your audience retention. Hey, when we switch to this, um, does it cause you know people to leave in any way? Like, or is there something that they're missing out on um, in this particular shot? To where if we had the shot a little bit differently, um, they typically respond there. So I would definitely you know just experiment with different shots and then use your audience retention reports to um, to see exactly how people are responding to those changes. Other things as well, like um, uh, one thing that I found is when it comes to these streams that you're watching right now, um, when I'm at home and I and I have my setup there because I have all the different cameras, you know, switching and all that stuff over there. When I have them switching too fast, people don't stick around as long. So because of that, I like limited the amount of cameras that I'm switching to. I also have the other ones on in case I need to reference something or show people my setup or something like that if somebody asks that question. But, you know, things are just switching around too much. And because of that, I was like, hey, let's slow it down a little bit just based on feedback. People are like, yeah, there's you know a lot going on here, whatever. So I'm like, hey, let's slow it down and see if it, you know, gets a difference of any kind. And um, by slowing it down, people, you know, ended up sticking around for longer and they still do, um, you know, when I do those streams at home. So. Um, um, so because of that, definitely experiment with it and just see the impact that it has in your audience retention reports and, you know, the amount of time that people are hanging out. Because sometimes, like, the extra camera angles are good. Sometimes, you know, it can also work against you if, be, if it becomes too distracting and, like, too hard for people to keep up with if you're, like, switching them too fast and stuff. You got a channel member? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's a super Welcome. sticker. Oops. <laughs> Mini Scenes GB, thank you for the uh, uh, super sticker. Appreciate it. I was fooled by the green color. Yeah, that'll get you. Every you. time. Every time. It'll Every get you. single time. And here's, <laughs> we have the comment of the day right here. Hold on. I'm what scrolling down. Uh, Damon says, where's it at? He says, uh, who is this ugly version of Nick on the left? <laughs> That's funny. This is other guy. He's my AI clone. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. There like that half of this setup is, it's all AI. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AI voice and everything. It's great. Yep. Adds a lot of dynamics. Uh, it's, a, it's a service we're testing, right? No, no, it's my brother. You're, um, my, you're okay. my brother. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm his brother. Yeah. yeah. There you go. 
So, uh, so Chad Garber says, um, how do these Opus generated clips perform? Um, so with my, uh, with my type of content on that particular channel, like the other, uh, shorts and stuff that I've uploaded, um, they typically don't like do amazing on that particular channel anyway. Um, however, um, with those clips, like I've had some of them pop out to, you know, like 2000 views within like the first, like, you know, 24 hours, stuff like that. Um, a thousand views here, 500 views there, but they're still slowly getting views. Um, so they're, they're fine. I'm actually going to start putting some of my, on this channel as well, um, just because of the response that I'm getting there. And in addition to that, another thing that is uh, really uh, cool over there specifically, and a lot of you that are kind of shying away from shorts right now, another thing to consider here, which is also why I'm considering putting them on my main channel as well, even though they're just repurposed clips and not designed for the short shelf, is because I've noticed, um, you know, my analytics that um, my even though I'm not publishing any new long form content, the views that I'm getting on the long form content is slowly, not rapidly, but slowly increasing as I'm getting better performing shorts over there as well. So what's happening is, you know, those shorts are, you know, um, over there and they're getting in front of new viewers and I'm getting subscribers from it um, as well. Not a ton yet, but I'm getting subscribers from it. Uh, but in addition to that, some of those people are also getting recommended that long form and they're, they're you know, they're coming in and and participating in that long form as well, which is a win. So next up on the list, we've got. Is Mr. Beast coming in today? Pro you, uh, pro fan yet? talk. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know if he uh, if he does. Is Daniel Patel coming in today on his birthday? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure there either. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So uh, pro, pro Fan Talk, um, they upload every other day. Um, they do sports content. The goal of the channel is talking sports uh, from a former NFL player's perspective. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. The question is, um, what's the best strategy to increase watch time? Mine seems stuck at 2.8 thousand, already at 1,000 subs. So a handful of things. The very first, no, Mr. Beast is not coming on here, uh, Chad. He was just joking. I'm not joking. Um, so the... Uh, the, the thing when it comes to watch time, the very first place that you have to look, of course, is how people are responding to the actual video content. Because the best way to get you know watch time is for people to enjoy the content and watch, or, watch it for a longer period of time. So there's that, right? That's the elephant in the room, so I have to make sure to mention it. So if you are getting people responding positively to the content and they are watching it for you know a fair amount of time, that's where using some of YouTube's other features can come in really handy. So for example, there's a thing that I call a watch time trap, which all it is, it's just a fun way to say, make it easy for your viewers to find more of your content. So what this looks like is make sure that you're using your pinned comments and that you're driving people into playlists based on like if they're watching a video about a particular player or a particular team, as an example in your case, you want to make sure that you're sending people into a playlist of other content that would be relative, uh, relevant to them based on that current video that they're watching. So make sure that you have pinned comments that are doing that. Make sure that you have links down in your video description that are sending people into additional content based on their interest in that originating video. Um, make sure that you have your channel page set up properly. So a lot of content creators will just have the default um, YouTube set up to where it'll be just like your uploads playlist and your popular videos. Instead of doing that, make sure that you take your content and you think about, okay, so what's the different types of content that I offer? How can I, uh, you know, uh, group this content together in a playlist so that I can put it on my channel page as a section and then make it to where if somebody does hit my channel page that they can easily find the content that matters the most to them, right? So you want to make sure that you have that set up. You want to make sure that you're using in screens on your videos. You also want to make sure that you're using cards. Like let's say for example, if you go back to a video that you published, uh, you know, six months ago and you're like, man, 
people are watching like half of this video and hardly anybody's making it past, you know, that 50% mark. Then in that particular case, add a card um, around, you know, uh, like 10 seconds before that big drop off point so that some of those people, you're not going to catch everybody, but you'll catch some of those people that are going to abandon the video anyway and be able to send them into additional content that's relevant to them based on the video that they're currently watching, right? Um, so you want to make sure that you're using all of YouTube's features is what I'm getting at to send people into more of your content or really make it easy for them to find it if they're digging your stuff. Um, the next thing you can do is uh, live streams. So if you live stream on your YouTube channel, as long as you have people coming in and participating in what it is that you're doing, um, live streams can add a lot of watch time to your YouTube channel very rapidly. So because of that, as long as you have people showing up and that are participating, um, live streams are also a great way to, you know, to get more watch time. Uh, but with that, you know, make sure you're letting people know that you're going to be going live, make sure you schedule them. It can be even better if you do what we do, which is you show up at the same time, same day, you know, on a regular basis, then in that particular case, people know like, hey, I can show up, you know, at that particular time and there's a really good chance they're going to be streaming and then I can go hang out there. So, um, so I would do, you know, all of those things in combination to, to, to help you generate more watch time. But again, remember at the core of it, the most important thing is how long people are watching your videos because of course like if 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 you if if you're not if the content that you're making you've got a thousand people subscribing so you're on the right path right you like you're you're serving them there they're seeing the value and what it is that you're doing but if you're trying to get people to watch for a longer period of time you got to make sure that you are paying attention to how you're putting your videos together so just in case you don't know inside of your youtube analytics which is the statistics for your youtube channel we all have access to this in the back end of our channel in our youtube creator studio there's a graph for every single video that we publish called our audience retention reports. So what you want to do is you want to go into your audience retention reports for every video that you publish um, after it's been on the platform, you know, for a little bit after you've got some activity on it and you want to go in and you want to look for any problem areas. You want to be like, Hey, are people skipping parts of the video? Are people abandoning the video? Um, you know, are people rewinding and watching parts because they're really enjoying those parts. And then you want to start piecing together the things that your viewers enjoy and the things that they don't enjoy that cause them to, to leave the videos. And then you want to start editing your videos and recording the content in a way um, that kind of helps you solve some of those problems to create a, a more pleasant and satisfying experience for the people that are interacting with your content. If you can do that, then your watch time will start stacking up really quick as well. And YouTube will also, like if, if you can publish content and people are coming into that content and they're enjoying that content at a rate that's competitive for the platform and you have other videos on your channel that people are also enjoying, then in that particular case, what happens is when somebody comes in and they, and they watch your video and they enjoy it and the system detects that, then when they're finished watching that video, the next time they log into YouTube, maybe even the next time they go back to YouTube's homepage, YouTube is going to recommend more of your content to them there too. So because of that, when you're setting up all these things in terms of the watch time trap that I was talking about, and you're also making content that, you know, that people enjoy, then YouTube will even start recommending more of your videos to those people when it detects that they're enjoying it, which will also help you, you know, amplify your watch time as well. So all of those things. Uh, hybrid steel had a birthday this week mike happy birthday to you too yeah can we get nice happy birthday hybrid yep happy Hi birthday man happy birthday you know what's funny when we there's all kinds of stuff that's funny where should we start uh we could start with happy birthday daniel patel too yeah happy birthday to daniel patel so we, well. we were talking about daniel's birthday there was something in my mind where i was like man i can almost swear 
that I saw Hybrid doing a live stream that said like birthday stream or something mm. like that. I can. I was like, man, did I see Hybrid do a birthday stream as I was scrolling? But then I was like, I'm not going to say anything because if I got it wrong, he's going to think I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I could have totally nailed that. I could have been like, yep. and happy right. birthday to Hybrid Steel. I caught you live streaming that birthday bash, and I blew it. That was my opportunity, and I and I blew it. So did you go into the live stream? I, and I was scrolling, and I, uh, I was too late. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. You know, everybody, Time zones, people. Time zones. Time zones. That was one of the best things about getting stuck in Mexico for two years. I'm looking forward to that when I go to the States. So oh, just as a heads up. Man, dude, it's so nice. Yeah, so. It's so nice. So, because um, I'll, I'll be streaming while I'm there because I'm going to be there for a while. So because of that, like, um, I'm going to be doing these streams in the evening um, over there mm. uh, when I'm over there. So um, because of that, you know, uh, the, the schedule is going to change just a little bit while I'm over there. Um, and then, you know, once I get back over here, we'll get back on track with the morning stuff. But, you know, for those of you that are like, hey, this would be cool in the evening because I'm busy on Saturday mornings, um, then you know we'll get a chance to hang out. Uh, to hang out then. So, what time would that be? So, if you go live there in the evening, what time would it be over here for me? So maybe morning. I can join you. How, how morning? So like crack at noon morning. Yeah. Like so so let's say um, if I went live at like let's say like eight or nine p.m. over there. I got to look at my analytics, but like if I um, if I go live at eight or nine there, um, then that would be like seven or eight in the morning here oh yeah that's early yes yeah, so that's like way yeah early in your case that's that's really early yeah well after you know if i'm but if you're up a, yeah, if you're still up up all yeah. night pulling a bender or something like yeah. that i'm happy yeah, to join that you case, that, yeah. that should be a fun stream yeah you got another super chat right. super chat so let's see here this damon varial i hope i got your name correct yeah so damon says um what do you think damon. of uh nicado avocado i'm not sure who that person um i'm not sure who that person is so i i don't apologize for not knowing who they are but but i i, I just don't know i i'm not sure who that creator is never it sounds familiar the, no, name, I, the I, name sounds I don't familiar um, so Scatha is our next uh, channel here on the list. They upload when they have time. Um, the type of channel is a gaming. Um, they are doing guides, news, tips, and tricks with uh, highlights and shorts and live streams when they can. The goal of the channel is to make this my full-time income and improve my channel in every way. And the question is, I just won competition in uh, VidIQ's Discord, and I got one month to use their paid version. Currently, I'm updating, adding descriptions um, to playlists using AI Coach. Any suggestions to add manually? So just when it comes to, you know, um, um, having AI like write your descriptions and stuff, just keep in mind that you need to add like your input into that as well. Same thing with, you know, like TubeSpanner, for example, how they have the script writing tool, ChatGPT, how you can write scripts in there. Like um, you want to make sure that you are, you know, taking that stuff as a base and then from there, personalizing it because you know one of the things um unless you're just making like a, a like a mass production channel where you're just dumping a bunch of stuff on there but the uh the idea is that you know part of being a creator is the creative process right and making content that you enjoy making and presenting it in your way and you know all of those things so because of that you know your voice so to speak is communicated in your description your voice is is illustrated in your videos your voice is illustrated in all of the different things that you do so because of that you know use all of these different tools but make sure that you're you are adding your own input to them um so that you can you know make everything your own right i i think that that's one of the things that um 
um, that is a negative about the AI stuff is that some people are using it to where it's like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, mass produce this stuff and all that, which is fine. Like, that's that's their thing. What do you mean but, some people? But for, you know, for the, uh, you know, creatives out there, you know, um, I, I, I just want to, you know, mention just try not to let it, you know, be a thing that kind of takes away your creativity and removes you from the thing because, you know, the you part on YouTube is, you know, is one of the things that cause people to watch your content instead of a competitor or along with a competitor, right? It's, it's the reason people keep checking back into you. Can we so, talk about those videos really quick? Because I keep seeing them. There's a which ones? The channels are like, use AI and make 5,000 videos in an hour. Yeah. Yeah, so, don't do that. Yeah, so so with, with, <laughs> don't don't do that. Yeah, with some of that stuff, you know, just in case you're a new content creator and, and and you just don't have the experience yet to you know to be able to see it. So one of the things that I mean, don't get me wrong, like faceless YouTube channels can be very um, uh, very lucrative. They can grow you know quickly, things like that. Um, also, you know, they can become you know uh, you know like something that it. I mean, they can become huge, um, but a lot of that stuff is really misrepresented right now um, online on, you know, on YouTube shorts and TikTok shorts, and even in long form content where they will look at a channel that's been on YouTube for, you know, five years, seven years, 10 years, and they will go to their social blade and they'll be like, yeah, this channel right here, they're just uploading rain videos and they are making, you know, X amount a month. Yeah. The first thing to remember is that Social Blade isn't always, you know, correct. A lot of times they're extremely wrong extremely in terms of wrong. in terms of yeah. the amount of revenue generated from that channel, and it's only showing ad revenue. Two um, is that you know they're showing a, a channel that is uploading like let's say rain videos or meditation videos or whatever the thing is, but the thing they're not telling you about is that that content creator had to learn how to make content that is effective for that particular audience. They had to learn how to package that content. They had to upload tons of different videos in order to figure out the stuff that people responded to, right? And they don't mention that that, that those, some of those same channels have you know hundreds of videos on them um, and then it might take you know a very long time to make those videos. So just be careful you know of, of that kind of stuff when you uh when you run across it again they're they're possible like cash cow channels and things like that they you know are definitely possible like if you know what you're doing um but uh but you know the way that all that stuff's being framed on you know social media right now um just be just be careful out there folks there's a lot of really bad information yeah there is especially on tiktok yeah you go on tiktok a lot of bad information on how to grow a youtube channel yeah a lot of really bad information yeah. uh youtube's creator liaison, liaison. In, what does he say here Faceless channels can be some of the best on the platform, like Windover, Real Science, Real Life Law, but Cash Cow automated channels may not be eligible for YouTube Partner Program. Boom. Boom. So just let this marinate for a second. Yep. Uh, YouTube creator Lazion. Lazion works at YouTube, and he's telling <laughs> you that if you do those things, you might not be eligible to get into the Partner Program. Yep. So when you have those people saying things like, "Yeah, make these." AI, use the AI tools and make 5,000 videos and it's easy because these rain channels are making, you might not be able to get that. Right. So, and then here's what's going to happen. I did all this work and YouTube refused. They my, won't monetize. You YouTube, see that on Reddit already. YouTube will, yeah, I see it on Twitter. I see it yeah, on Reddit. So, YouTube so, won't monetize my channel and you look and it's just like, nonsense right yeah so yeah like um uh one of the things that uh uh that i like to do is um is i'll go on reddit and i'll go into some of the youtube subreddits there and then yeah i answer questions and stuff like that and try to you know assist and uh you'll see that a lot where people come in there they're like yeah you know i was doing this thing and i was making all these videos blah blah yeah. and you know like youtube won't let me into the partner program yeah. i'm like okay well you know just pay attention read the rules before you get in the game and then you know you probably would have been able to avoid all of that work versus just oh. blindly you know coming in and doing the thing we have a guest. 
We have a guest? We have a guest. Uh-oh, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, I'm going to put on my headphones for this one. All right. So, yeah, at the beginning of the stream, as well. at the beginning of the stream, i got to figure out how to actually break this up because of our setup here. Okay. Because if I bring the guest in, it's going to shrink us both. So, I'm going to play with the screen a little bit. So, when, this, when the stream started, I said, we're going to have a guest today. <laughs> and I asked Nick, I said, uh, on a scale of one to Daryl Eves, who could it be? Yeah. And your answer, of course, is Mr. Beast. No, that was your answer, actually, not my answer. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it is an. Would you like to do the intro? Absolutely. So uh, our guest today is Daryl Eves. Daryl Eves is the um, uh, executive producer of the Chosen Hit uh, series, which is also going to be on um, Netflix internationally soon. For those of you that are, uh, you know, in other places in the world that don't have access to that right now, um, he is also the founder of Vid Summit, which is the conference you always hear us talking about. Um, he is also the owner of, I think he's up to like 37 or 38 gold play buttons now. And he also has a YouTube book that's down in the description as well called YouTube Formula, um, where he shares tons of insights from his experience of growing channels over a very long time on YouTube. And in addition to that, let's see, I did the book. Yeah, Daryl Leaves. And let he, me, yeah, so <laughs> let me just throw this in. Daryl Leaves. He's the grand poobah of YouTube, YouTube and yeah. he's an all around awesome guy. He he's is. incredibly generous with his time and yeah. his knowledge. He's one of the good guys. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Daryl leaves. Did hey. you bring him in? I did. Daryl, I hope you heard all of that. Because it was, we scripted that. We worked on that for hours. I hope you heard some of it. No, it's like, um, I, the introduction was good. Thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate that. But the conversation about AI, I am so opinionated about that. I mean, oh, all let's, these people. Let's, uh, let's hear it. Let's, let's hear it. Let's talk. Let, let's talk about that. Because yep, I'm going to turn up your mic. One second. Yeah, okay. and turn up my headphones too, D. Just a smidge. Yep. A smidge, okay. D. Smidge. Smidge. <laughs> yep. All right. So I loved what Renee said. And uh, one of the things that I love is really kind of looking at patterns. And I've been on YouTube for so long that I've seen every pattern that you can see. It's just packaged in a different way. And uh, the whole thing about it is there's so many people that want to do minimal effort of work and try to find exploits in YouTube. I'm here to tell you. It doesn't matter if it's AI. It doesn't matter if you figure out a way. They will shut you down. They they will not they will not uh, have you in the YouTube Partner Program. Uh, it's going to destroy lives when you when you do that. Now you might think, okay, then I'm going to move on to the next. And so I've known people that. Um, that have literally created automation process to create YouTube channels, uh, get those YouTube channels uh, populated. They even used other people's content, not saying that they're my friends or anything like that, but it's like they use other people's content and put up channels, make money and so on and so forth. YouTube shut them down. And so the, the big thing is you gotta look at the long, long game. And for me, it's really developing something that people will actually care about. And, and no AI is going to be spot on uh, to get exactly what everybody wants to have. You got to bring that human element into it and use AI as a tool to enhance your video. So like for me, um, my face, like the faceless channels, I love faceless channels. My favorite by far is Wendover Productions. I love, I love the dig deep into it. His content is good and, and the whole thing about it is you can bring a lot of value, but it's gonna take time and effort and energy. I think once that's lost, no matter how great the technology is, it's going to disconnect. And so, you know, I think it can enhance 
and I and I want you to use it to enhance, uh, but to replace, I I just don't see that happening for a very 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 long time. And then two, if if that's the case, then then what is the business model? <laughs> like, because then YouTube doesn't even need us if if that's the case, right? Yeah, because then they can just start pumping out all their own content, and then everybody's like, oh wait a minute, what have I done? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm gonna put Daryl full screen for a second, and I okay. want everyone to just take a gander at what? that wall of oh, I play you were talking about the little pillow over there. Yeah, take a gander at that pillow behind Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> look at that wall of play buttons. Incredible. Is is that because it's really small on my screen? Is that is that the face pillow? That, that is the there. face pillow, yeah. Nice. Yeah, face pillow nice. for sure. Nice. Yeah. We have the socks right there. We got the socks right there. <laughs> we yeah, do. The, the socks uh, are right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is so good. So, uh, so Daryl, man, you uh, you want to answer some questions today? You down to answer I, some here, uh, some questions? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm obsessed with YouTube, um, and I want to do my best to help you all. So, yeah, let's let's do it. Fantastic, love it. Super chat or super chat. What uh, what's the super chat uh, say there? From Retortas, who says I've been using Patreon for two years now. Would it be better or worse to use both Patreon and YouTube memberships? Daryl, um, look. It's it's a lot easier to do things natively in YouTube. It just it just is, and um, the I think the challenge will be is how deep you want them to go. And so maybe that is uh, the top of the funnel. Your top of the funnel would be you know all your all your videos that you do for free, and then there might be a paid tier that's just kind of that entry level, and then from that tier you could push them over to Patreon. Um, I I do I do say that you know I believe this is the model uh, from my perspective, the model uh, moving forward it, uh, for a lot of content creators is to have your own paid tier where you can really, really monetize the way you want to with people that are engaged uh, with your content. And so um, depending on where you're at the journey, this is a great option. Uh, from my point of view, I'm, I was really excited when YouTube announced it way back when that we can uh, do it. It's a little limited still from my point of view, uh, but it could be that first uh, that first uh, uh, membership level or first couple of membership levels. And as they know, love and trust you and they want to go deeper then Patreon's great. Boom. Awesome. There we have. Yeah. And another thing too is, um, you know, when it comes to YouTube, it just kind of makes it easy, you know, because they're right there on the platform. They're already watching your videos, you know, all of that um, as well, which is a win. The only downside I think is, uh, you know, it kind of puts all of your eggs in the YouTube basket. So in the event that you did run into some issues, that's there, exactly then, right. Yeah, then, then you have that to deal with. But um, outside of that, though, the ease of use for viewers um, is super easy when it comes to uh, YouTube memberships. Um, let's see here. Suburban Acreage is our next question here. The type of channel is taking care of your home and property. The goal of the channel is sharing information and making a little bit of money. And the question is, with all the different affiliate programs, Home Depot, Walmart, Amazon, how do I decide what link to drop in the video description? I'm assuming it's tacky to drop these separate links for the same product. What's your recommendation on affiliate marketing on YouTube, Daryl, when it comes to, you know, like all of the different options that people do have to promote things? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing first, and I'm going to flip it on its head, um, the best thing you can do with affiliate marketing is make the most amazing video um, for a viewer on YouTube. And it would bring so much value um, that that they'll want to come back. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I, I would say I would look at, you know, where can you get the, the, the biggest results? And I want to share a story 
um, of just the way that my mind processes a little bit, and this will answer the question for you. Um, so I was working with some musicians, and uh, they wanted to release music, and they had their, their original music, and they also did covers on YouTube. And I said, well, what if we just did uh, an affiliate to Amazon, and, and that's the only place they can get the music in the first <laughs> There's a song. <laughs> <laughs> thought we were joking. You thought we were joking, didn't you? Barely sock, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Still got it. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. So, anyways, this is what 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 would happen if we actually did it on Amazon and and use the affiliate link to drive things? They're like, well. You know, we want to go on iTunes and training on iTunes or whatever. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. The hypothesis is they'd buy the music or go to Amazon. They're using our affiliate link. They'd buy some other things. And we we, we made a lot of money. It was like well over $100,000 just in non-related uh, affiliate money coming in. That's uh, not music. Like music was one thing, and we were selling the music and so on and so forth. But literally, people were buying fridges. People were buying a Chewbacca costumes. It was a, a, a Star Wars cover that we did. But there was all these different things that they were doing, and I'm like, man, like that that was a that was a, that was game over for me. So whatever whatever you do, I would definitely look at what's going to bring the the biggest yield of opportunity for them to purchase with that affiliate link, and then what is that percentage, um, and 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 then to keep in mind. If it's only for said related product and not everything, I think that's limiting. Um, and, and, you know, you can put more energy and effort in on the uh, Amazon or Amazon type uh, stores, which is which is great. Now, when it comes to like Home Depot, uh, for me, uh, Home Depot's interesting. But is it, it like how many people, you know, buy tools and things? You just really got to figure out where where people are shopping online, what it actually looks like. And I would probably... Uh, try to facilitate traffic and, and do trackable traffic so that that um, you have a unique URL identifier that's pushing the traffic that is your that's your affiliate code that goes into something else and and then if you can if you can prove to bring a lot of traffic to said organization I would literally take the data go have a conversation with them and try to figure out an integrated brand deal or some type of giveaway or something something that you can do where where it would really impact your audience a little bit greater so i know that that's not probably uh, the answer you're probably looking for but for me um you know i just like to think bigger and i like to think okay what's the compounding effect or what's the other opportunities that are there yeah i, I think that's a fantastic um answer and and another thing as well is you know um if you are you know kind of stuck in between you know which one you can also swap the links out so let's say that you you know are getting activity on a video you can say okay let me put this one in here for you know a certain period of time and see if i get a higher conversion there compared to you know this one you know for you know another period of time and you can just kind of you know figure out for your particular audience where it is that they're getting stuff too because you know for example if you have like a home repair channel then in that particular case you know um the home depot link maybe you know, I mean, who knows, you know, until you test it, but maybe, you know, they would respond better over there or maybe they would respond better over, you know, at uh, at Walmart or sending them directly yep. to the, you know, to the maker of the product itself. So, you know, testing the links is also a, a win there. 
Yeah, let me um, let me do this one thing. There are some people that you know maybe not do a review on a specific product that has an affiliate code, but they might use specific things in their video. Um, way back when, I think it was like six or seven years ago, uh, we had uh, Zach with uh, Jerry Rig Everything present at Vid Summit, and he actually did a pretty amazing job. Um, really relevant today, the presentation that he gave. And what I loved about it was he was he was showing everyone how to truly double dip on Amazon. And I'm like, double dip, like, what are you doing? And so what he did is he created a company and was able to source some tools that he used in his cell phone repair. And, and so anyway, he would send people and he would send people to Amazon. He would get the affiliate money that was coming in and they were buying his product. It was like, okay, nice. I get both. I get both the, the you know, the, the affiliate money and they're buying my product. And, and that led to what he's doing today. And if you want to go check out his, um, his channel, when he does a teardown or something like that, you can see all the tools that he offers and then open up his description link and, and go, just go do some recon and research on his channel and then also Amazon to see exactly what he's doing. Cause I think it's super smart, especially if you want to have minimal effort uh, when, it, when it comes to maximum uh, results of sales. Love that. Yeah, so he's got it coming and going. Love yeah, it. that's great. Absolutely super great. Tracked. Um, really quick, um, Us Plus Dad says, uh, let's see here. Wife and I bought VidSummit tickets uh, and uh, won one through Nick. Um, could use one more. <laughs> oh, that's great. So there's one more so we don't have to decide which of our two oldest daughters to take. Yeah, so yeah, you can like, go to VidSummit.com. No, I'll literally, you know? I'll, I'll give him a ticket. One? Like, you can't. Like, he, he, pulled, the, he pulled the Did you seriously card. just give him another like, ticket? You just pulled him another, another ticket? Another ticket? Like, nice. You pulled the dad card on me, man. So you can like, <laughs> if you ever want to just kind of speak to me, you pull the dad card. That's like, right, what do I, who do, who do I, who do I take? But the two oldest, like, <laughs> there you go. Uh, plus dad, you just got another big, there you <laughs> go. Nice. Yeah, that, that was like the discount of the year. Yeah. Right? That $5 was the super best chat. $5 yes. you've ever spent in your life. Right. Ever. <laughs> and, oh. So good. Oh, Love that's it. so good. So good. So uh, let's hear. So next up on our list, uh, Demon Dro, thank you for the super chat as well, says, I'm at 350,000. I'm at 350,000. I've been on YouTube for like four years. My channel is a motorcycle club channel. Um, do I broaden out to grow faster or stay strong? Now, one thing um, also that I want to add to this, uh, Daryl, is he uh, asked a question earlier, um, and he said that he wants to make his content so good that not only motorcycle enthusiasts are um, into his channel. He wants it to be, you know, more accessible for everybody. So um, in this particular case, because they've been on, the uh, on YouTube for four years, um, they're trying to figure out how to broaden out um, so that they can grow faster, you know, within the within the space they're operating in. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I, I pulled up the channel just real quick and um, just to see what you're doing. And I, and I can see like a lot of active conversations you're having. Um, some B-roll come into it and, and so on. Um, what I would do if it was me, um, and, and this is something that I'm very, very sensitive to. It's just like, what is your content? Like, what is your content? What does it actually look like? Uh, what is the value proposition? Can you consistently bring that value proposition where people know that you're consistent on released and also the consistent on the quality of content that they're expecting? Um, so that's the first thing. The 
moment that you deviate from a different style, um, I would always test it on the main channel to see, does it have any legs? And I'd be looking at the data to see if it has legs. If it did not have legs, if it didn't feel like it had its full potential, I'd probably do one other test just to make sure I'd validate. Maybe it was just the video type or whatever, just to see what people like. And, and then what uh, I, I love about YouTube, and this is gonna be super geeky, I do apologize, but the, that's what you get when I come on. <laughs> like the, the, the oh, we love it. Out. We yep. love it. Yep. You go, you go into the, the analytics, uh, basically creator studio, you go into analytics and the upper right hand side of analytics is uh, the advanced mode. You click on that. That is like the best tool ever in the history of all mankind when it comes to understanding your data. And I really do love YouTube of all the power that you can actually do It's, it's so powerful. And uh, there's like a little thing where you can compare. You click on that and then start to create a group. You can actually uh, kind of tab over and create a group. What I want you to do is put those brand new videos that you made that was a little bit different value proposition than your other content in that and make it as a group. And then put the, the other videos that you currently make, um, do the same quantity, like the last two or three or do the last 10 would fine. Um, and, and then ultimately you can compare the new content versus the old content. Now, this is what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to look at the views. The views don't mean nothing to me, like nothing. Okay, what you do want to see is, is two, two metrics, okay? I want you to look at the demographics to see if the demographics are the same. Okay, so that's the first metric I want you to look at. But the second metric is um, the retention. Did, did you get more retention? Um, and, and if you kind of go from there, you can make the call, is, is it the right type of people and are they staying on uh, just the same amount of time or longer with this new format? And if it is, then I think that could be a, a brand new bucket that you bring onto your YouTube channel, which is consistent content is the same, I think is, is gonna be fantastic. Um, however, if it doesn't, or there's like a disconnect and then people in things as well, oh, like your channel the other way or whatever, you have to make this call as a creator. It might be a spinoff channel where you have another channel that's a very, very specific value proposition. And if you do that, what I love about that more than anything else is it actually will um, uh, bring in the people that care about that. And then uh, normally you'll have a really high viewer crossover and in the audience tab uh, in analytics, you'll start seeing that other channel show up because you'll have people watching this content and also this content and YouTube will start broadening that out uh, from there. But I know that's probably the most geeky answer that you could hear. I could go on for about three hours or four hours on that specific segment of what to do. Um, but <clears throat> for me, um, looking at your content, um, I, 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 and this is just, this is just my, um, uh, my opinion, and 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 it, you might say, Daryl, you don't know my target audience, um, but I feel like it's too in your face. Like your, your thumbnails are too in my face. Um, I, I feel like um, you know, there's too many words to read. I can't comprehend the words uh, at a quick glance, and if I can't, if I can't, if I can't really process what's going on in that thumbnail. Um, I'm moving on, like I, I'm moving on. And one of the things that you can do, and this is something that I said in the book and then also uh, went in detail, you know, you know, for years is, is look at, just look at the results of when your videos uh, uh, next to somebody else's and, and does it grab your attention? Close your eyes, open them up. It's called the blink test. See where your eye goes. And if it doesn't go to your, your thumbnail, doesn't go to your video, 
uh, man, you need to you need to do some some testing. Now, the great news is YouTube's introducing new tools, and maybe in the future you can use an AB tool, or you can go uh, with TubeBuddy, which is a, a sponsor. Uh, I, I would assume of you guys put it. Look yep. in the the description. We below put this logo TubeBuddy. up here just to like just yeah, for, yeah. just to be cool. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. Just no, like, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hey, definitely sponsored. Yeah. You know what we need though? You know what we need, Daryl? Every year, and Nick, every year as we ramp up the Vid Summit. We need a vid summit. Uh, we do. Summit. We do. So yeah, we can yeah. just like send a graphic, a graphic or something. That's actually a good idea. It yeah. could ramp up to 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 vid summit. It's a good idea. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So so anyway, do the blink test and let's see if we can go. But it's like it is, and I understand that your audience likes to be like in the face and all that other stuff. But when it comes to YouTube, you got to see what you're what's going to pull them in. And there might just be an image and, and a background image and minimal text that might do a better job than what I'm seeing here. And, and Daryl, really quick, because you mentioned um, at a glance, right? And you're talking about the blink test in terms of, you know, kind of closing your eyes, open it up, seeing, if your eye, you know, seeing where your eyes go. Um, can you explain just the importance of that and, and why, you know, being able to read everything at a glance is such a critical thing when it comes to YouTube? Yeah, so um, this is probably one thing that I geek out probably the most on is the psychology of people of how they respond to content. Um, like I, I, I've done it since I was eight years old. I just, I love to see how people respond. And there's been a lot of studies out there is realizing that people process in milliseconds. And so um, as, as humans see things, they're processing very, very quickly. Anything that is complex, they actually just, it just, they just move on. They just move on to the next thing of, you know, just trying to process first. And that's usually what grabs their attention. And that's where they usually uh, would usually go. And so um, one of the, one of the coolest things that I've, been able to do is read a um a paper from netflix just on thumbnail thumbnail science the science of of um you know how people respond to and there's just uh they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars putting this thing together and it's just milliseconds and if you notice uh if you do the same type of type of thumbnail too there's actually thumbnail fatigue and they they took a huge section in this paper that they wrote about thumbnail fatigue and so what what netflix has been doing for years is once you get to the rhythm of of your viewing habits if you're not clicking on things and you're just kind of going through uh, the thumbnails um it will actually start replacing your thumbnails uh so you don't get thumbnail fatigue you'll actually see a different image and and then two it, it's actually more personalized uh for for the viewer. So like, for, for example, you know, um, where I'm a white male, I will see what would actually appeal more to a white male uh, than, than my wife would actually as a white female just res respond differently. Just kind of like, what is the psychological triggers from that? So um, basically, in short, um, you just have milliseconds. That's how people process. And, and then two, just keep in mind, uh, people are coming for value if they don't know who you are. It's that curiosity factor. Can you simply explain what's going on and have that curiosity factor is the big, the big key. Love it. Absolutely love it. Wouldn't it be amazing if, uh, if YouTube started doing that to where you could just upload a big batch of thumbnails and then YouTube's like, hey, this demographic responds better to this one. And these people, you know, respond better to this one and suggested they respond better to this one on the homepage. Like that would be incredible. Netflix I have, been, I have been literally praying and asking for that, that one thing I go, if you want to game, like, okay, so let me, let me take a step back. 
The biggest game changer for me um, was real-time analytics. By far, it was the biggest thing, is seeing what's happening in real-time. Like, when when they opened up the kimono for that, um, I tripled my views because it, it was never hypothetical. It was never delayed. It was very reactive in the sense of, oh, this is the way that it is, and I can start establishing the baseline. Now, I, I'm here to tell you the next tool that I want um, by far is, is just that Nick, like seriously, like I, I asked, I've been asking for seven years, um, on this. I do, do, you know, I was one of the first people that actually did the, the original, uh, 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 AB testing and, uh, at YouTube. And I want to tell you how they used to do it. Uh, this is like eight years ago, seven years ago, I think seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you emailed them the variations and then they would manually change it. I'm like, Wow. <laughs> I, I can do that. I can do that. But it was like, it was like, okay, we're, we're trying to figure this out or whatever. Um, but uh, the great, great thing about it is with everything that's going on, I do believe it's like, hey, upload 10 thumbnails and like, I, I would love this, like upload 10 thumbnails and then let the AI, d d d you know, define where that goes, what, what's best for that thumbnail and switch it out when it's the best uh, for that. So there was a presentation at Vid Summit uh, a couple years ago from one of my students, Foot Crunch. He's like, he does FIFA content. Um, he, he actually would get a, another million views on his videos by switching out the thumbnail. And most of you think, well, well why, why is that? Well, he understood the psychology of the viewer because that's what I really, really hone in on. And he realized in the first, you know, the first bit, he needed to have his face on the thumbnail. People were looking for his videos. And so that was one way that he was able to do it. Now, over 100 days into it, 90 days into it, he would switch it because a lot of that traffic for browse feature, which is the homepage subscription feed, would fall off and it was being more suggestive and more suggested to a more general audience, he would take his his face off and actually do it. Uh, like in, if you look at the contrast, most people say that was a bad thumbnail. Well, no, it's not. It's a good thumbnail that gets that suggested traffic and he'd get another million views. And so nice. like one of the coolest case studies you have to see, um, and he's super smart. He'll be at VidSummit this year, not speaking, but he's bringing his whole team. And uh, if you really look at what he focuses in on, um, it was, it was can i get better thumbnails can i can i really captivate that that click and then once i earn the click can i fulfill on the promise of that of that click you know can i do that uh, where they feel like oh man that was a really great video and they they come back that's where loyalty comes in nice love it absolutely love it Super the, the next question that we have here is from uh, Death Monkey. Thank you for the super chat. It says, um, I had a goal to hit 1,000 subscribers in YouTube partnership before Vid Summit. Now I'm 20 subscribers away. Thanks to both of you for sharing your knowledge. See you there. Looking forward to seeing you uh, at, uh, yeah. at Vid Summit. We love it. That's love it. great. Love it. That's great. Uh, Glitch Arcade. Um, thank you for the super, super chat as well. Chat. says, um, I edit for Fables D20 where we make D&D videos. We have 60,000 subscribers, but now get around 500 views after we were hacked last year. Any advice oh, to man. fix this? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of those that like to hack and there's just a lot that's going on. Um, let me, let me kind of explain how YouTube operates from a, um, from a very deep level. So when you actually create a new YouTube channel, YouTube keeps a log of everything that you do on the channel, how much you upload. They look for a lot of, a lot of key things. Um, if you ever received a community strike, it's there in the log. If you ever did copyright strikes, it's there in the log. Um, and depending on how you were hacked, 
Um, and if it was like, did it take down the whole channel or whatever? Um, I, I had this, this really just hurts me more than anything, um, ever. Like I had a channel, um, it was a really engaging channel. It was getting about 120 million views a month. I mean, it was just making a ton of money and we got hacked and it literally took the channel down, um, for 90, it was, it was like, uh, 30 days. Uh, but we were just being bombarded and being hacked for 90 days wow. and that, that channel never recovered. It just never, never recovered. And so what, what I did was, uh, look at all the high performer videos that I, that I did on, uh, the one channel, I took them down cause you don't want to create duplicate content can break terms of service of YouTube. I took them down off of YouTube, created a new channel and, and just did the high performers, took the data. Um, I mean, most people can't do this, but I was getting 200 million video views on this new one versus the old one. Nice. Um, but, <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, taking the learnings from it. Uh, but that channel's host, it was, it, it just got host. And so, um, it's kind of hard, uh, to make that decision for you. Uh, have I seen people recover from a hack? Yes. And it just depending on what type of, of, of hack, uh, was, it could just have a, has have an effect on your channel that it might just be better to say, okay, how many active viewers are actually coming on and how many are loyal and can we get them really quickly to go watch three videos on a new channel? And then, and then you might just need to just move that over. Uh, but just to let you know, YouTube doesn't care about subscribers. I don't care about subscribers. I just care about who's actively watching my, my YouTube videos. And I want to create that loyalty where wherever I go, they'll want to go with me as well. Love it. Uh, Absolutely with, love it. Without yeah, giving out too sucks. much information here, do you know how that particular channel was hacked? And maybe, or, or better yet, maybe you could just like some share people, some tips. Share some yeah. tips so on how people I'll, might I'll, not get hacked in the future. Liron is giving one of the best presentations at VidSummit. Like one of the best. Uh, so he's one of my students, uh, been in my inner circle for a couple of years. And um, he, I had him present to my students in Channel Jumpstart. Um, and I'm like, dude, you got to, everyone needs this. And so, um, but anyway, he, he's going through how to protect yourself. Now, uh, the, the difference would be, uh, even regardless when you do all this, it's just the nature of hacking and stuff. There's always vulnerability. Um, the biggest vulnerability that you have is as you expand your team, you might have all the security measures in place, but your team members don't. <laughs> you know, and that, that'll be a big hole. So you got to be very careful. Uh, two, one of the big, uh, and he'll go through all this in his presentation. Um, but I, I think, too, you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to do this. Um, I'll have to ask Liron, but I think I'm going to make that, that session free, um, for everyone. It's that oh, important. Nice. Like I, it's nice. that important. I, I, I really do. Cause it's like, it's, it's going to be well detailed, well documented. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'll, I'll ask him to see if he's cool with that. So nice. Awesome. That's fantastic. Awesome. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Daryl giving, 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 giving. Yeah. She call him like Daryl slash giving Eves. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, the Eves effects, man, we've already got a name for it. (laughs) We named this a long time ago. Don't go changing the name on me. Come on. So, uh, uh, engineering, uh, your life says, Hey guys, and Daryl, thank you for the time, um, on our consultation this week. So I guess that was for, uh, Daryl says, um, lots to think about and hope to see at vid summit. Um, then hopefully channel jumpstart in November. Love that. 
And um, from Demons Row, um, again, says that um, they own your book. Um, they've learned so much from uh, myself and from you. And thank you for telling them that their thumbnails are trash um, and that they're going to step them up. And uh, they said that they also want to uh, pay for a one-on-one -on -one session uh, with you as well. Yeah, uh, just Darryl. go to my website. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah just go to DarylEves.com um, if you are interested. For anybody here that's interested in a one-on-one -on -one with Daryl, just go to DarylEves.com um, and you can schedule everything that's over there. Daryl just said your thumbs are trash. <laughs> <laughs> People are that's getting... good, though. That's feedback, right? That's good. Yeah, People that's, are that's getting good. voted off the island right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. So uh, our next question is from Her Heel Review, and this one's coming from the form. Um, and they said that they have a movie and TV review channel. The goal of the channel is community building, increasing watch time, and monetization. The question is, if I start making video essays non-face, would you recommend that I launch a new channel? Um, do you have recommendations for review channels with good storytelling? And then they just said thanks after that. Yeah. So if they have a movie and TV review channel, but they're going to start making video essays, do you think they should just do it on a new channel? Um, if it's a different viewer, different audience, I would do a different channel for sure. Um, I'm not one to uh, try to force someone to watch it when it's in a different way. Now, um, I, I just want to let you know that as humans, we connect to other humans. Um, and, and sometimes when you do faceless channels, you have to keep, take, that, take that in measure. So the whole reason why I would say Wendover Productions is my... Uh, favorite YouTube channel um, is because uh, the value proposition is quite clear. Okay. I'm an information junkie. I like to know things. Uh, I like to understand things. I like to figure things out. And there's a side of the, the world that I just don't have time to dig into. It's just a huge rabbit hole, right? So his value proposition is to say, Hey, this is what's going on right now. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to do the research and, and research is the key. That's what takes like 90% of his time on the essay, do the research and give you what's actually going on. And then I can actually have an elevated conversation about that. So, um, if you're doing this on movie reviews or TV reviews and it's a faceless channel and some more, whatever, um, there's, there's some great, uh, examples to look at, uh, to be honest with you on, on YouTube. One of my favorite, um, uh, new YouTubers, um, let me just pull up his channel um and while you're pulling that up uh daryl just really quick uh manshed says thanks to channel jumpstart and vid summit i've crossed a hundred thousand subscribers Yo. from eight thousand subscribers when i started and i got my silver play button thanks daryl so yeah. uh manshed sharing Super some love shot. there love the manshed that's nice somebody got their play button mm -hmm. daryl do you know about do you know about these play button story <laughs> No, let's hear about the play button story. Oh, so D was, the whole, so you D hush was your in mouth. Mexico. You hush your mouth. <laughs> you hush your mouth, little brother. Okay, Daryl. Right, so, you, so you're going to get like the, the, no, the horrible I'm, sounding version. No, you're instead gonna, of the, no. Okay, go. go okay, go, go, so right, Daryl, you know the honor it is to get that original play button and the hard right. work behind it, right? Right. I like how I, you inserted original. Into I that. did yeah. all the things. I put in the work. I did the stuff. Learn from all you guys. Stayed up late, missed appointments to get that stuff done. Stranded in Mexico, as you were well aware. Yes. And during that time, at peak, peak when the world was shutting down, YouTube's like, congratulations, you hit 100,000. Where can we send the play button? And I'm like, well, I can't bring it back from Mexico. So I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to send it to Thailand. To my trusted brother. I'm going to send it. And I, yeah, so it goes to my, my place here in Thailand. And I say, hey, listen, I have no idea when I'm going to get home. Can you go by my place and can you pick up my YouTube box? It's got my play button in it. And can you hold it dear and just make sure nothing happens to it? Because I can't wait to just hang this thing on the wall. Yeah, so, the whole idea was that I would go there so that, it wouldn't, so that it wouldn't get lost in the apartment mail and stuff like that. All right, go, go, go. So he picks it up. He picks it up. I finally get out of Mexico. Two years I'm stranded in Mexico, and I can't wait to get the play. That's the only reason I came back to Thailand. I just wanted the play button. Come back to Thailand. I get here, and I'm like, you got my play button. And he was like, I lost it. No, no. Yeah. Lost my play button. So during that same process, we ended up getting a house. So we moved from the condo to a house. And uh, during that move, somewhere I've I've misplaced his play button. Have you found it yet? No, no, <laughs> no still haven't I'm, found it. I'm now I've offered. I've offered to get him another Dude, one, right? I'm like, same. hey, you know, I'll get you, you know, it's the, the, the replacement or whatever, and and he just refuses to uh, to let me get the uh, other one. So my fault, totally, 100. <laughs> percent But uh, but yeah, that's D's play button story. Uh, so that is so funny. That I have yeah. never heard that story. That is so great. That yeah. <laughs> what? So what are you talking about? It's so great. Like, like let me just let me just really explain why. So let great. me let me explain why because it's really simple. It's like you had a very bad decision. Should I go to Mexico? Ah! And two years later, <laughs> you finally get out, and and your life's never the same. You don't even have that silver play button. <laughs> like it's- okay, hold on. There's more to the story. There's more to the story. So good. So Daniel Patel and I were growing about the same time during that period. Yeah. yeah. And he received his play button at the same time. Yeah. And he says, "Hey, let's do a collab. When you get back, we'll do a collab and we'll open up our play buttons together." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's never opened his play button. Yeah. He's got the box. <laughs> he hung the box on his wall. The YouTube black box is hanging on his wall, yeah. and so he's funny. waiting until I get my play button to open his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good luck on that one. Let's see if yep. that that really works. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is from Hybrid Steel um, to get us back on track here. Hybrid Steel uh, has a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to uh, live his life with money in his pocket. And the question is: As a gamer channel that doesn't provide a service, what sort of income streams um, would be a good fit for someone like myself? So when it comes to when it comes to gaming, um, what income streams do you recommend for a content creator to be able to get the most to be able to fully take advantage of the whole YouTube opportunity? Uh, depends on what game they're playing. Uh, so like they like that like if you're playing a specific type of game, I give you a different results. So if you're playing Roblox, there's so many things you can do in Roblox to actually monetize. And I, I know people that are making tens of millions of dollars, you know, monetizing through Roblox. And so uh, same with uh, Fortnite, um, there's the creative mode. You, uh, like Epic now is sharing revenue, very, very healthy revenue uh, with people that actually create, you know, uh, maps and stuff like that. You're getting people to play. Uh, they're creating their own ecosystem, which is really, really interesting as well. So it really just depends on what game you play. I think I, not knowing that is like, is there another way that people are making money with that game outside of YouTube or outside the game world? That, let's look at that very specifically. Uh, but definitely affiliate would be uh, a lot of the people coming on are like, oh, I really like the mic that you're using, whatever. And you're just like, hey, here's my setup, you know, and you can put some stuff there. 
the the big thing would be it all, all depends on your loyalty factor and then creating your own brand and then you can brand out with your own uh merchandise and and different things i always think like what what would gamers like you know what 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 do gamers do so it's like like even really getting uh good chairs that you have here's the best chair in the world whatever um, you know, it has a higher dollar amount. They're sitting in the chair for quite some time. It, you know, just take take a look at just different aspects of what gamers that watch gaming uh, like, because generally they're gamers too. And then really start breaking down a psychological uh, breakdown and then start looking at what product fits would be good as well. Fantastic. Uh, next question that we have is from Pixie Dust Traveler. Pixie Dust Traveler uploads one time per week or more. Um, they have a travel channel. The goal of the channel is to provide a resource for travelers to research a destination, also to create full-time. Um, so they want to be a full-time content creator. The question is, what are some good tips or ideas on coming up with collaboration ideas? I'm usually asked, what did you have in mind after I reach out to a creator? So first, before um, you know some of those um, ideas are presented, make sure that when you are reaching out for a collaboration that you already have those things in mind. Because you know when, you, when you're reaching out and you're like, hey, do you want to collab? Then it creates a lot of additional time in between you know, them being like, oh, hey, what do you want to collaborate about? It just creates additional steps. But if you're like, hey, um, I'm putting this video together and uh, you know, in this particular part of the video or for this particular thing that I'm talking about or whatever, I think that you would be a great fit for it. Um, is this something that you'd be interested in? And then you have you know, an idea for them that you present them with in your initial um, outreach email. Any additional yeah. tips for that, Daryl? Yeah. Um, let me. Um, why do you need to collaborate? I, I, I guess that's my question first. Like, what? What's the whole reason? Is it to get a new audience that that's there? Um, like, I, I I do believe early on in YouTube that was like the easiest way to grow. Right? It's like, how do we get more people to know? They just need to know me. We got to collaborate. Whatever. Uh, that's a lot of time, energy, and effort on it. And if there's not a really clear plan, um, then I think it's a lot of wasted time. And I think I would agree with Nick 100%. But I would say, okay, what's the reason to collaborate? Is it to bring you out uh, more more energy? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, you'd have to do that. Now, that being said, um, I'm, I'm just the one... Uh, I, I just say it how I see it, okay? And so I think you're, 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 you have a huge missed opportunity. Um, when you stated in, 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 your, in your content what you're trying to do for a video is to inspire people, you know, and give them ideas of what to do, I think you're missing the point. Um, no one, no one is going to go, oh, I watched this video, and we're going to go there, and we're going to, like, get super excited to go check out this video. Like, no one's going to do that. And I, I want to I explain why. And when I say no one, it's probably maybe just a small handful, right? Most people are vicariously living um, through YouTube videos, okay? They, they, they want to see you experience. They want to see you individually uh, navigate a trip. That's, that's what they want. That's the value proposition, right? What's the cool things they can do? Now, you can translate it to encourage them one day to go there. And I think that, that goal setting, but you are there. I'm just making it clear. You are there. If you want to be full-time, if you want to do this like in, in every aspect, you are there to entertain them and really look at the level of, of what we'll bring value to. 
And I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many channels I've reviewed over the course of my careers. The ones that actually uh, struggle with this has always been travel vloggers. I don't know what it is. They just struggle with it. They think it's just what it is. Well, no, no, more, more people will connect. I want to give you a story about a student that I had. Um, same concept. I just, I, I just want a weekend. I want to show what they can do with weekend on little money. I says, that's great. I, I think it's a great idea, but I want to inspire people to, to go out and do and whatever. Well, that's great too. Uh, when are they gonna watch it on the weekend when they're watching your videos? You know, she was like, well, when is that gonna happen? And um, so anyway, we looked at his data. We noticed that he went on a, a, a very expensive train um, and went from one part of Canada to the other. And I says, there's your channel right there. Like, like literally taking luxury um, uh, transportation that's not airplanes or yachts and let's take a look at it. So he did a whole vein of travel channels with trains, hundreds of millions of views within months, uh, like, like just totally took off. And the value proposition was, oh, that was really cool. Or they, uh, they did this trip from, from the UK all the way down to, uh, you know, to Italy or whatever. It's just like you have these opportunities, but it's about exploring. It's about experiencing, but it's more about your connection with them and your curiosity factor of why people do this and who does this and, you know, the places that you can go. That's the value proposition that most people are, are looking for. So I just want to reset your mind a little bit. And then, too, when it comes to collaboration, I'm like why like what's the purpose of it um and if you think you're going to get views from it i would rather put the energy and effort into making better content for yourself to get those views because as soon as youtube realizes oh this is a really good video with this specific type of people youtube will go recommend that to other people that that's what youtube does you don't need to collaborate where before the collaboration was really big pre 2020 or 2013 it, collaborations were big because youtube didn't have a recommendation engine in it, it was a view-based algorithm but the moment that YouTube switched over to an AI, that was in 2013, it's a, it is like literally, um, you know, a, a breakdown of of everything that was going on in the sense of of trying to predict what the viewer wants to watch youtube's very hypersensitive of audiences and content that responds to the audience um so anyway i know that that wasn't the what she was looking for you know oh, that but was great there we go that was great yeah that that was that plus you know what i mean that was great um one question that i have is um uh is in a lot of times when you're answering these questions, one of the things that you keep um, bringing up, and this is consistent, you know, um, across, you know, all of the conversations that we've had over the last, you know, several months, you know, when you've come on here, is is the connection, right? The, the connection that the viewer has to the content creator. So from your experience, you know, with all the content creators that you've, you know, worked with and all the high-level content creators you've worked with, what are the core things that content creators should be thinking about when they are trying to have that connection or they're trying to create, you know, an environment that kind of fosters, you know, those connections to the viewers? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing would be I'd like to look at um, the psychological breakdown. I think, you know, a lot of people look at demographics 
and I don't really care about demographics. I, I care about psychographics, like the people I want to know kind of their makeup and, um, what, what they view valuable and, and the whole reason, uh, why they're, um, you know, they do what they do day to day and the decision-making process that they do online and also offline. Cause like once you, once you have it, then it's easy to start saying, Hey, there's multiple people like them. This is a group of people that would actually consume the, the content. Um, we, we, um, then we, I want to give you a perfect, uh, example. So I had a brand new student, um, uh, when, when I say brand new, I, they're in my inner circle and they travel to my house. Like we meet at my house, um, you know, four times a year or whatever. And, and so anyway, we're having this breakdown, uh, and he, um, had a lot of growth, uh, was able to get, uh, you know, uh, about half a, half a billion video views, you know, since March. And uh, these these are all shorts, and and there's a specific value proposition in it. Um, and anyway, you know, most people don't think about the viewer. I'm hyper obsessed about the viewer, the psychographics. And so we're we're all having lunch, and my son, who is uh, 16 years old, comes with a group of of friends, and they're they're coming over to the house, you know, from school. And uh, one of the friends just stop, and was just like this. You know, and we started looking at that creator and he's like, that's my favorite YouTuber. <laughs> like, uh, like, nice. like, you know, I'm like, wait, 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 what? And so, you know, I says, this is a great time. Let's, let's kind of, you know, figure out, you know, what he watches or whatever. And we had this very, very, well, first off, it took a while, you know, the starstruckness and the, the selfies and the video and all that other stuff. And, and this, uh, creator is actually a very, uh, he's, he's not an extrovert. He's an introvert. Um, so it's like, you know, this discussion was going on anyway. Um, we, and he was just gonna let him go. I'm like, no, 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 no. We want to dig into, you know, how he discovered. What's your favorite video? And he's like, oh, I really like this video where you're painting everything with the world's darkest paint. And you know, he just kind of went into that whole concept of it. And and then it was like understanding the cadence, and we were able to see what he found valuable, what he liked, what he didn't like, things that he was scratching his head. That was probably the most valuable thing that that creator could actually get is real time feedback of a fan that actually looks forward to his videos. Um, and and. And so when you can hone that in and really break down what they do, we're, we actually made a, a video based on his idea, you know, based on an idea that says, oh, you should always do this. Well, if you ever see that, like if you ever see that in comments, you should do this. I don't want you to say, oh, okay, that's really cool. They're telling me what to do. I would say, how, how is that received by others? And if there's like, it's like the most uh, engaged thread, yeah, that's would be awesome and thumbs up and all that other stuff. The, I would literally circle that, underline it, double highlight it, you know, and, and put it on my wall. Would I do the exact thing that they're saying? No, but I would use that as a starting point. Say, hey, why is this, why is this engaging um, this audience? And they're having a conversation in, you know, comments around this topic. Is that something you can do? And if I did do it, how do I make it my own? How do I get excited about it? And so um, th that that is the biggest thing with connection. And you got to see what people value. So like for me, um, I don't want Windover Connections or Windover Productions to uh, connect with me. I don't want it. I just want to go what I, I came there for, which is I know that he's going to tell me, hey, this is going on in the world today. And I've already done my research. Like you don't need to do your research. I'm gonna, that's that value proposition. So that type of connection is probably the biggest because I trust him. 
I literally mm -hmm. trust him. Because uh, the other side is no and love and trust. No love and trust. And if you can get all three, that's when you have a really, really, really loyal audience. Um, and and some of you can only get trust because I, I know I'm maybe trust him. Yeah. But I trust, you know, that I'm going to he's not going to waste my time. He's going to he's going to do the research to help me understand. So for that, you got to just really understand the type of viewers that are watching your your content, getting to, into their head a little bit. Um, one one of the most underrated uh, parts of um of analytics is the audience tab that that is gold guys like it is so gold like like youtube's giving us all the tools to make some really really good decisions um and you can see the videos that 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 they're watching in addition to yours they never did that before ever that is just like gold because you can you can do it now what i don't want you to do is oh i should make a video on this i should make a video on that no stop like stop making videos for a second and just look at why are they watching it have the questions go to those videos read the comments see exactly what's going on here it could just be one video that's leading all this other stuff and it could be a popular video that's leading all this stuff you need to ask questions but it's more about who who's actually watching this and as soon as you identify that that gives you the ability to start uh, bringing value consistently and if you can bring value consistency that they're looking for uh whether it's a laugh to inspire to educate or to entertain whatever that maybe or all three um it's going you know you're going to and you're doing it consistently um you're going to connect with them on a deeper level and and i i can tell you uh one of the biggest secrets on on youtube is is this talk to one person don't talk to hey gang hey y'all uh, it's very disconnecting hey yeah 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 <laughs> one person like you if you do this this will actually connect deeper. They're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're talking to me, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's what you want, because you are. Uh, when you shoot a video, think of that one person, think of what's going on live. How, how, would, they, how would you enhance the content better? Um, the best YouTubers on the planet, um, and, I, and I will say this, edit their content in their head as they're shooting. And, and it slows down the production process. I hate it. It drives me freaking batty. But they're like, no, 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 my audience would like this better. Or I could do this one and they'll really engage better on it. And, and that's when you have a lot better options for the editor to really pull it in. And sure enough, <laughs> it just, when you can almost anticipate how people are going to respond and you're kind of saying, oh yeah, this would be really cool if we did this. You know, that's what it means to be a creator. That's what it means to create. I loved in um, Hope Scope's presentation uh, last year at Vid Summit yeah. um, how she broke all of that down in detail and uh, basically, <clears throat> you know, her um, approach. You know, not you can catch all this in the Vid Summit uh, replays that are you know available at vidsummit.com. But basically, uh, you know, one of the things that she talked about is is all the information that Daryl just shared. Basically, breaking down all of the information that you do have about the viewer, the one viewer that you're trying to reach, and then giving that viewer a name. And then when you're doing anything yep. around your content, just running it through the filter of is this something that you know that name? Let's say John. Um, is is this something that John would enjoy. Um, you know, if I add this type of music in this video, is this something that John would enjoy this particular segment? If I talk about this or show these things, um, are these things that John would enjoy? Would John like this joke based on, you know, the, the context of, you know, um, them being, you know, a younger or an older person or, you know, something along those lines. But it was a fascinating, uh, you know, uh, breakdown. 
um, of you know just how she specifically defines and names um, you know the, the the person that she's trying to reach, not the group of people, but the person that she's um, trying to reach. Um, you know, in alignment with what Daryl was yep. talking about with you know naming the one person. Um, that's, yeah, that's, I, I want to use her as the perfect example because um, she reached out. Um, she was ready to quit YouTube and she did legging reviews. Like she was a review channel. I want to review this and I'll make money on affiliate. She made decent money on affiliate. And she's like, if I have to make another leggings video, I just want to jump off <laughs> the cliff, you know what I'm saying? And, and through uh, that conversation, I was trying to explain to her from, from the beginning, why are people coming watching your, um, your content? And she's thinking, oh, leggings are in and they want to see what the best leggings are. And I says, no, they're coming because they're wanting to buy. They, they, you know, they're going to be, they're buyers. They love shopping. They love fashion. Do you love shopping and fashion? Absolutely. Okay, that's great. Like, this is a good thing. Now, let's kind of break this down. And um, she's probably one of the smartest, her and Tyler, her husband, are some of the smartest people I've ever coached. Um, they're, they're still in my inner circle and stuff like that. But that um, the cool thing about it was uh, they did a test. So doing anything, you got to test out. Can we actually create content uh, that will resonate? And basically, she bought used Kardashian clothes, okay? Non-related, they weren't leggings, but used Kardashian clothes. Uh, Kardashian, like I asked, you know, is there, you know, is there something pop culture you love? And she's like, oh, I can't get enough of the Kardashians. Okay, great, that's authentically you. Okay, let's go ahead and and figure out what's going on. And they're like, well, we can buy clothes from them. So she did this video, got eight, eight million views. Nice. And it, it literally got 20x more comments. People are like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Okay. And then, and then she uh, just approved shopping. She brought products that YouTubers sell that got like 4 million views. And then, you know, she, she's like, oh, I got to still release this legging video. And it got like literally 100,000 views. And I'm like, can you see? Can you not the see? The path is clear. What? Yeah. yeah the, the, the path. But she's evolved and, um, and she's doing what she loves to do right now. And, and one of the coolest things ever is to be in the, you know, out in the world and, and see fans come up to her and that, that, you know, there's, there's, there's YouTubers for everyone. There's content for everyone. And to see how much they mean, you know, it means to her and then how, how much she puts time into that one person. And we like, just give you an example. We we're um, at a private conference in, in Dallas. And um, anyway, uh, we were at Top Golf, you know, and this um, a, a guy that I worked with, his daughter is like a super fan. She's like, I'd say Mr. Beast, yeah, yeah, you know, Hope Scope. She's like, okay. I'm like, just just bring her by. I, she'll have no problem with it. They brought her by, and her eyes get this big, and she's freaking out, and just so the whole thing. But Hope was so cool. Uh, just to sit and chat with her, ask her how her day is, you know, what, what she likes to do, you know, the boys that she likes to talk about the whole thing. But what was the really, really cool conversation is when she left, she's like, yeah, really cool, super fan. And she goes, that just validated everything that I'm believing my audience is becoming. Like, and I'm like, bam. And then she gave that presentation at Vid Summit. <laughs> you know what I'm nice. So it's like, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Sorry, yeah, Nick, great I'm so long-winded. I'm so long-winded no, on these things. Oh, it's so. great, though. Like, yeah, there's so good. much gold in that. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
So um, our next question here is from Nomadic Introvert, and thank you for the super chat um, there. says, um, I have my email in the About section of my YouTube channel. I get not-so-pleasant emails despite it being listed as business only. Um, the question is, YouTube had a pilot program where you can put your email in YouTube where only brands can see it. What happened to that? Yeah, so that's uh, they took that away. So now um, with the... Um, you know, if you're about me page, then anybody can reach out to you through that. Um, it can be, you know, a, a company, it can be, a, you know, a viewer, um, it can be a spammer, right? Like anybody can reach out to you through that. Um, because of that, I recommend that you do have one, um, a separate email than your YouTube channel. Two, that you have some type of filtering set up for your emails. So, for example, um, I mentioned this earlier in the stream today, but basically you have your main uh, you know, account email that is just, you know, you don't do anything with that. And then you have a email that is your public facing email. And that's the one where you collect all of that stuff. And then you have another email that you move conversations into from that public facing email. So if a brand reaches out or a, a viewer reaches out that, you know, you want to have a conversation with or whatever, then you start moving them into, you know, a different uh, priority email so that you can spend most of your time concentrating on the emails that come in there. And then you go into the public facing email, you know, just when you get the chance to in order to catch up with, you know, anything that's going on in there. So, um, so with that, you know, I just recommend building some type of, you, you don't have to do that one, but I just recommend that you build some type of filter um, like that, um, just as a way to, you know, kind of manage all of the people reaching out. Do you have any additional uh, tips for that, Daryl, in terms of just handling outreach? Like yeah, when, uh, um, you know, when you have a lot of inbound, you know, traffic coming in with people, you know, trying to get in touch with you on all the different social media platforms, uh, you know, via email, um, all of the things. you have any recommendations or anything that you use to help you manage any of that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's brutal. Um, there's bots and things out there that's just trying to get as much uh, data on YouTube channels. And then you got to be very careful. Um, even respond to those emails that come. That's part of the security measures. Don't click on a link ever, ever in the history of all mankind when it, you get an email coming through YouTube. Um, they might say, hey, we're sending this. We want to send you money. Well, yeah, they want to send you money, uh, but they want to get access you know, to something deeper. There's, there's a lot of malicious people out there uh, doing malicious things. Um, so I, I think you, you hit it right. Like, I think it's just like further validate it. Um, I, I look very closely at where the email's coming from. Um, you know, and I try to create a hierarchy of, of, um, you know, inboxes that would be able to, to sort through what would be spam versus what would be real. But yeah, you, you know, that, you know, that, um, very specifically don't, don't use the same email at all. So, so, so our next question is from, um, and this one's from the form is from, uh, tales from an empty nest. They have been on YouTube for less than a year. They have a cooking channel. The goal of the channel is to build a community that shares their love for food. And the question is my channel is fairly new and, I, and lately I've been getting emails about collaborations. Some are clearly spam, but is there a way to help me know which ones are legit? So kind of like, you know, Daryl just mentioned, just kind of, you know, try to validate where they come from. Um, if it's coming from a Gmail address, obviously you want to be a little bit more, you know, cautious about that or any other public service email compared to like if a content creator reaches out to you and they have like their own, you know, uh, you know, like web URL or something like that, then in that particular case, you know, it's, it, it might be okay. Um, but you know, you have to proceed with all of this stuff with caution just because some people will use that as a way to, you know, try to get your information as well. So you still have to be, you know, um, careful um, about those sorts of things. That's where if you do receive something like that, if you want to be extra cautious, then you could, you know, reply to the email if you wanted to, but um, you can also hit them up on one of the other social media platforms 
platforms through their DMs and see if you yeah. can reach them that way, just as a way to, you know, confirm things and just as a way to, you know, make sure that you're not, you know, interacting with people that are not the people that they say they are. So the next question that we have um, is from uh, E Slaughter is the name of the channel. They have a piano channel. The goal of the channel is creating piano music, and the question is, what is wrong with my channel? Um, so we're not we're not looking we're not looking at channels um, during this stream. Um, so uh, because of that, I'm going to move on to the next question, um, which is from Smith Media Outdoors. They do biweekly content. The type of channel is stealth camping and outdoor lifestyles, hunting, fishing, um, and camping and to be entertaining and the goal is to become full-time and not drive a delivery truck all day and mm. the question is i do long-form content 30 to 60 minutes um, and clip out shorts from it is pivoting back to my original idea of my channel a good idea i started at the beginning of cv19 as a camping and all-around outdoors channel but when the when it all started stealth camping started to spike in views so my channel drifted into that lane i now feel it's limited my content creation uh possibilities and although i do like doing it as a part of overall menu items i want to be outdoors and not just stealth also i'm a truck driver and i want to create instead of working a corporate job because my time is limited and i can't take a period of time uh let's see here's dangerous for driving brazil um let's see here Give me one second. I'm just trying to go through the thing here and get the it, core of the did, question. Did you say that he's from Brazil? Um, yeah. So basically he mentioned that, uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, it's too dangerous and driving by Brazil um, isn't so cool. Yep. And then, uh, yes. So in terms of the question, I actually don't see um, the question itself. So basically it looks like they were doing stealth camping content and their channel is more about that but they're wanting to do more just open outdoors content mm -hmm. um, so it seems like they're trying to figure out the best way forward to basically let's let's break it down this way they're wanting to from what i'm pulling from this it seems like they're wanting to pivot their channel from slightly pivot from doing stealth camping into just general outdoors and, and camping content do you have any tips for yeah that? um yeah, so I think I think the biggest thing would be uh, number one, if you are from Brazil, is your content in English or Portuguese? Um, if it's in Portuguese, I'm going to give you a totally different answer than if it's in English. Um, if it's in Portuguese, um, you know, I would look for an example in the U.S. that is kind of like the the bright beacon, and it might be four four or five channels from that. Um, there be inspired by those channels, but there's just not a lot of content in Portuguese. And if you take a look at the world and the consumption of YouTube, Brazil is one of the biggest, like literally one of the biggest and it has the most momentum going on. And so, uh, there's, I have known a lot of people. I've worked with a lot of people, uh, that have gone from nothing to 10 million subscribers in Brazil. Um, and, and it was just creating a, a, a need or fulfilling a need that was there. Um, and they were getting it through, uh, dub content or whatever from, from some American, right? So it's like, if you are from Brazil, I would like hone in and localize first. If you're not, if you're, if, 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 uh, English is your first language, but you live in Brazil, that's, I'm, I'm interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's some interesting things, um, but uh, pivoting, um, uh, stealth camping. I would take a look at Steve Wallace. Um, he can pr he proves to you that you can have a really interesting story that goes with stealth camping, and that's the value proposition. Like he'll go 
you know, chase, chase, uh, storms. And his is more about exploring the earth and then, uh, part, part time. He'll do some, uh, stealth camping in, in that regard. So, but check him out. Uh, I think if you're doing shorts, that's okay. Um, I just don't see the value proposition where someone would want to come in and watch it a longer form just off of what you're doing there, unless something radical happened, but it might go out to, to a general audience that doesn't really care about that. There we go. And um, our next question is from Rhonda's Lovely Sparks. Um, they upload one time per week or more. They do cinematic ASMR for anxiety and stress relief. The goal of the channel is to help people of all ages find hope and relief from anxiety and depression. And the question is, I feel like I'm being shadow banned and my content has been limited to a seed instead of like before it was recommended for a larger population of views. YouTube doesn't provide a way for me to reach out for help with this issue because I'm a small channel. Please help. So really quick, the shadow ban thing, um, you'll see this all over the internet. This is a really popular thing that people post um, on a, almost daily um, on some of the YouTube uh, subreddits, uh, YouTube related subreddits. Um, what are your thoughts on, on shadow banning, uh, Daryl? Oh, it's real. Like shadow banning's real. It's part of the, um, part of the, the, uh, uh, the platform. Uh, does every piece of content uh, is shadow banned that they say that shadow banned? No, <laughs> like, like it's not. Um, I found out about shadow banning because we had uh, a commercial that we made and we had millions of views coming in and then it just stopped. And I'm like, what the freak was going on? And couldn't figure it out. It took like two days and I realized I had to be logged into YouTube to even see that content because it wasn't, it was made for an older audience and it was just had to deal with paintball type stuff. Um, and, and is that know, the one, Daryl? Is that the one that you talked about uh, during Bid Summit where they, they covered their head? Yeah, like yeah, they were covered it was up the, and then shot with paintball guns. Yeah, yeah, it was execution okay. style. Now it wasn't my yep. video I created, but it's a friend of mine, and he's like, "Dude, you know, you know, YouTube, figure this out." Like we're getting millions and millions of views, and so yeah, that that's what it was. So it does exist, and it does go back to the further uh, that uh, earlier conversation that YouTube keeps a track, a, a log on everything that you do. Um, I'm here to tell you that if there's ever an industry niche that is um, created by artificial bots, it's ASMR content. <laughs> like there's so many um, ch channels that, that pop up. Um, what I would do if I was in the situation is uh, where your goal and your mission is to do, uh, to really connect, help people. It might be uh, pivoting just a little bit where it's, it's, it's um, bringing, uh, other elements of motivation into it, make it more of a, uh, mental health, uh, motivation channel type stuff. Um, yeah, look, it's perfect. It's exactly, Renee said exactly, you know, um, the, the key for, for that. So. Yeah, and just some feedback um, from Renee also that Daryl just mentioned. He says, four R's, we remove content that violates um, our policies as quickly as possible, reduce the spread of harmful misinformation and content that brushes up against our policy lines. Um, the next part of that is they raise up authoritative sources when people are looking for news and information and reward trusted, eligible creators and artists. 
So that's, uh, you know, like official, you know, um, information from them as well. And another thing um, that you can do is if you, you know, think that, you know, your content is being like age restricted or something like that is all you have to do is one, you can either just log out of YouTube and look at your YouTube channel there and see, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, if you can see the content in question. And two, you can also go into your settings on your YouTube account um, or in a different YouTube account and put on restricted mode and then go and view your content from there as well. And then you'll be able to see, you know, if you do have any of your content that is being, you know, limited to people that are logged into, um, that are logged into the platform. But, you know, one side of this, which, you know, Daryl mentioned um, lightly when, and, uh, you know, he first started replying to this question is that, you know, sometimes it's also that, you know, the channel isn't shadow banned in any way and that it could just be, you know, the content. It could be that, you know, the way that you're doing things now compared to the way that you were doing things in the past and those sorts of things. Um, so, you know, when you have content um, on a channel or, or actually I won't even say that, like there when it comes to constants, right, like sometimes everything can be going great for a while. And then, you know, you start making decisions, you know, that are a little bit different and it can cause things to drop a bit. Sometimes things are low and you're like, man, I, I, you know, I'm having a hard time getting out of this hole, but then you make some, you know, right decisions. You put out, you know, some of the right videos and you put everything together, you know, in the right way. And, you know, it starts bringing things back to life again. Um, so because of that, you know, when you do have these periods of time to where it's like, Hey, things were up and now they're down. Then in that particular case, definitely go in and start, you know, looking at what you were doing before compared to what it is that you're doing now. Um, sometimes, you know, polishing things up can actually turn people away, you know, because, you know, as a content creator, you know, a lot of us will think like, hey, you know, I, I, as I cross these certain milestones or as I start getting these types of results, I got to upgrade everything. But sometimes, you know, the whole amateur thing is, is part of what attracts people to what it is that you're doing. So, you know, because of that, it's just important to look in, in, at what it was that you were doing compared to what it is that you're doing now, just to make sure that, you know, that it's not you that's making the changes that's causing, you know, some type of a different response to, uh, you know, to the content that you're publishing. Could I, could I, uh, um, further, further explain something too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so one, one of the misunderstandings when people first, uh, think that they're shadow banned, cause I think that's probably one of the most, uh, um, I, I would say a lot of the consultations I get, a lot of people say, Oh, shadow ban. I'm like, yeah, where are you really? Where are you really? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And, and, and so I, I like to go look at one other factor. Um, uh, like once again, the best tools on the planet for creators is analytics. I would encourage you all to go there. The comparison tool is really, really cool. Um, what I like to see is where the traffic's coming from. And there's, there's generally, when you get a whole bunch of traffic, uh, coming to your channel uh, through videos. It's usually when YouTube figures out who your viewer is and YouTube recommends that to other viewers. Like that, that is the goal. That's what we want to have happen. You might have some videos that have over 90% uh, YouTube uh, recommending your 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 videos from all your views, and so you might have that. So that's really really good, right? What I found is where are those views coming from? So if you ever drilled down into, um, hey, a video, and if I had a video that was really really performing really well, and it was like eighty six percent suggested videos, and 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 then the rest was browse or search or whatever, you could click on suggested videos and see what was recommending. Generally, it's going to be your your own videos. That's generally where YouTube says, hey, this is the natural recommendation, so on and so forth. But there might be some outliers of other channels that you have some viewer crossover data um, and that is recommending your content. 
I have found that usually when people think they're shadow banned, like there's just a, a video that was bringing all the suggestion. <laughs> you know, it was like going across, suggesting everything, and that that video like lived its life. There's other video content better, and it's not suggesting what it was suggesting before because it's a different video. And so for me, it's like I like to look at the data there. And then two, it could be a channel that was suggesting that said content to your, your channel. And then they, they received uh, a decrease in views. They might've done something, but yet if you're the big bulk source of your traffic is coming from suggested videos and, and it's around certain viewer types, you know, they, that could impact you too. And so I like to kind of break it down by traffic source uh, just to see so that I'm comparing apples with apples and oranges with oranges and then really say, okay, what's really going on here? Um, and uh, But I, I just know uh, there's just so many different audiences that are out there. And if you get lumped into where your audience likes uh, adult ASMR, for example, it's going to impact you. It will. So... And on that note, one additional thing that Renee said also is um, if the ASMR is adult oriented, it's not going to be recommended to general audiences since YouTube, um, you know, is 13 and up. And they say art versus commerce is something creators always have to think about um, long before uh, YouTube as well. And really quick, Roberto Blake in the house. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Hey, Dr. Sten also in the house. What's Did going on, man? Dr. Great. Sten's question. I would love to pull that up. What, what, what was the question? Up. I'm going to put it up right now. I, I saw a, a lot on Twitter about this. A lot of medical creators. Um, Dr. Sin, how you doing, man? He says, um, YouTube is cracking down on harmful health advice and claims. Their criteria are based on mainstream medical advice, and they've excluded many licensed healthcare providers, such as chiropractors. What can we do? This is what I would do um, is they're going to be at VidSummit. You're going to be at VidSummit. Have a conversation. Um, I, I know this about YouTube, the people that are coming to YouTube, I can't say this collectively of all YouTube employees, but the people that are coming to YouTube truly do care. They care about you. They care about what's going on. The people on. that are coming to VidSummit. Yeah, yeah. The, you, the, yeah, the, yeah, the YouTube employees coming to VidSummit. YouTube, yeah. YouTube employees that come to VidSummit, right? And and they will hear you, and I will make sure that you're introduced to them. Uh, but if you don't know Renee, Renee can can hear you out at least. But like I'm, I'm here to tell you that um, if you have active concern, and if Dr. Berg is there too, which I think he's coming to VidSummit too, it's just like if, if a few of you can come on and get some clarity, I think that's great. But um, I, I don't think they're going to hide from anything from you on this. I think it, they'll have those active conversations there and maybe it'll spur a, a phone call or, or something just to hear what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, very aware of what's happening there. Um, it's, it, I think there's just a lot of, 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 um, just as an organization, YouTube is always put in a very difficult, difficult space, you know, and we're quick to blame YouTube. Um, you know, in, in a lot of regards. So I'm not saying you're blaming YouTube. I says, let's just have the conversations and, and let's see where it goes. Yeah. And another thing too, like with a conversation like that, you know, like maybe, uh, you know, suggesting, you know, having some people that do offer, you know, alternative content, you know, to, you know, have some type of meetups with them, you know, from time to time to get feedback or maybe to give your side of the story or, you know, something like that um, as well. But, you know, anything like that, you know, when you have the when you have the opportunity to talk to them at VidSummit, um, I would definitely try to, you know, open some doors like that, too, um, if you could. Um, you have a super chat? Yep. Super chat. Uh, thank you, Ace, for the super chat. It says, can you undo shadow banning? That's a whole lot of Colombian pesos. 
Yes. Is that Colombian pesos? I think so. I think I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're <Yes>. rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you you can. Um, it's it's like make content for it. But it, like I just want to be clear. That log that I tell you that 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 shadow ban is in that log, and and, and it, it makes it makes it a little bit more hypersensitive uh, versus someone that didn't have that in their log, if that makes sense. So, like moving forward, you can. Um, a lot of it is like um, let me just use kids as the perfect example, like if it's made for kids or not. Um, like like there's just a lot of regulations when it deals with with kids, and YouTube has to create what what this is. Well, you get to you get to self-verify. Hey, this is for kids, right? And you can do that, or you say it's not for kids. Um, however, YouTube it will will look at your past viewership and your past videos and how many are for kids or whatever, and they might deem that that video needs to be for kids, and then it strips away all your comments and the stuff that needs to because they need to stay uh, within regulations from you know for the federal government. So there's a lot of complications for that. Um, so same thing on shadow banning. Like if you've ever been shadow banned once, it's in the log, and and, and YouTube will just be more a little bit more hypersensitive to that type of content, um, of of you know the type of content that you're creating. So um, and they don't they don't. I just, I just want to make it clear they're not shadow banning a channel. Um, it's it's individual videos that that happen that bring the views and and so on. Um, but it does impact the channel because if you it inhi inhibit uh, some videos it can't trickle down and get you the views that you need to uh, in in other ways if that makes sense. Super totally track. makes sense. Super uh, six, six Shop says, um, "How do you break out from ex an extended low period? It's been many months. So for the people right now that are like uh, you know uh, down on the weeds, so to speak, compared to you know how things were um, in that particular case, what are your recommendations for kind of you know getting everything uh, going again, Daryl? It, it depends on how long you've been on YouTube. Um, uh, if you've been on YouTube for years, um, I would look to see is this just a, a low viewing period." Um, you know, you'll be surprised if you put year over year how closely the traffic looks. Um, and then that's just based on viewers interest. Um, and so generally to break out of any low period is is really bringing excitement in your content. Um, and then two, really trying to figure out, okay, who is my audience? And maybe taking one step back to go a little bit broader. Uh, so that we can in inject and ingest new viewers coming in. Um, and so I would definitely go to your uh, audience tab. And on the audience tab, um, you'd, you'd probably see if you have low viewership, uh, it's either two scenarios. And I know this might sound weird the way that I say it, but I'll just kind of explain. But there's two two colors, purple and blue. Um, if, the, if you have uh, a loyal audience that you're getting views, but you're not getting a lot of views, your purple is probably really high and your blue is probably non-existent, not bringing in new viewers, okay? Or you just, it's flipped where purple's non-existent and and uh, purple's, uh, I'm sorry, blue's really high, which is uh, new viewers. And the new viewers aren't finding enough value to convert from a new viewer into a returning viewer. And so that's where it's happening. Generally, that's coming from uh, consistent traffic sources. So it'd be like from search. Uh, so, so when you're looking at it, that's the, the lens I look at. So, but to break it out would be um, really honing in on your content and figuring out, okay, what can I do to actually make it more relevant for people watching today and make it more clickable for people that are actually watching today? 
Is there an X factor or something that can bring into it that would actually lead to, to growth? Um, and my, my thing is um, there's so many channels out there that are trying to grab attention and time. My question to you is what are you going to do a little bit different to grab their attention? So I'd probably put a little bit more uh, energy and effort into your title thumbnail and, and the video idea of how to actually make it engaging. Look at what's worked in the past. <laughs> um, and then come around with 10 or 12 ideas uh, for the future and then try to even take it deeper where you can bring another element in uh, that might be trending or something that more notable right now, um, you know, so on and so forth. So let me, let me give you a perfect example of this because I, I like to explain concept but then give you an, action, an, an actionable plan. Okay, so uh, I just had a consult the other day. And this, this person, uh, they, they do everything around the NFL and, uh, everything, you know, like, like, Hey, we're trying to project this or this or this or this. And there's a lot that goes on in, in, in the NFL, but there's, there's things that are talked about a lot more. Um, so the jets right now are being talked about a lot right now. They had a quarterback that they, they paid over a hundred million dollars to come in and, and he ripped some, some stuff in his leg. And so there's a lot Ooh. of stuff that's going on. And just by using that as an example of, okay, what happens to the Jets? I mean, are they obligated to pay the $100 million just because he, he got hurt? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it makes it more relevant to say, oh, my gosh, he's, he, he, didn't even play, uh, he didn't even play a full game. Yeah, and he's going to have to get paid out. Like that's going to really hose the Jets. And so you can have those conversations very, very specifically. Um, and and for me, when if I if I was talking about college football today, I would be talking about Coach Prime. I'd be talking about Colorado. I'd be talking about you know the things that are there, just because it makes it more relevant to the conversations that are already happening. So I don't know what your channel's about. I don't know what's going on there. It could be builds, it could be whatever, but I'm like, how do you, how do you take it where um, people want to, um, you know, be a part of seeing something get spilt and, and then also, you know, go from there. I'll give you one last example. You can create your own, you can create your own trends. Um, I, I have a channel that I co-own, uh, well, it's a business that I own. Um, and, and my, my, uh, partner, uh, who's very, very creative, uh, created this opportunity where he was going to build an off-road wrecker. This is a wrecker that, you know, he can go and do recoveries out in the world. And so he, he created his own trend in the sense that we, we we're going to do an outdoor event called the off-road wrecker games. And we bring all the off-road wreckers in and we're going to bring our fans in. Well, that actually created uh, something that people cared about the project being done and could it be done on time because we were starting from fresh. Like, like, Hey, we got this idea. This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. And so we actually had a, a clock. Hey, hey this is going to get done. So there's like this, is he going to do it? Is it going to be done? He's so far from being done. And it, it really connected with the audience where we got millions and millions and millions of views and interest. And when we actually, uh, uh, did tickets for the, the games itself, we sold out like that became the biggest outdoor Utah event ever. Um, nice. and, and, you know, it was, it was so crazy, but we had all these YouTubers come in and compete, but 
we actually created our own things that people were talking about and they can't wait for next year. So you can do your own, your own events, uh, your own ways to connect or your own things to do. Another example of this is Ryan Trahan. Like I'm here to tell you, um, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's been doing his penny challenge and raising money for nonprofits. And that's his own event. He owned YouTube a year ago last June. Everybody was watching him. He did 30 videos in 30 days, and it was, you know, it was just really, really cool, right? And but that wasn't his first time. He did that, you know, for the last three years prior to that. And he did it this year in a different way. But but I think that's the whole thing is you can become your own trend and and create that, but you need to get that connection with the audience. You really need to know um, what what will bring them value. Love that. Love it. Super chat. So uh, we have another one here from uh, playing the mom game, and they say, "What level of content creator experience?" And this is a Vid Summit specific question. Um, says, "What level of content experience would you say the minimum would be to go to Vid Summit as far as getting the most out of it?" So, uh, so in your opinion, uh, Daryl, what level of content creator experience would you say the minimum would be for somebody to you know get the most out of Vid Summit? Um, I, I would say if it was me, it, you see the opportunity, like you might not even have a channel and you're like, Hey, um, there's an opportunity here where I can do this, um, as a business. Um, I can do this, you know, cause I love and, and I'm passionate about it and there's a way to monetize and, and, and go from there. If you see that, you, that that's the minimum requirement. If you don't see that, um, and, and you say, Oh, I just want to be famous. This is not the conference for you. <laughs> like it's not, like, yeah. And, and I would like to jump in on that too. Like, um, I've got uh, something to say when you're finished. Yeah. Like, um, I, I also, uh, believe that, you know, if you're somebody that's wanting to just be serious about this, um, in any capacity if you're, you know, cause there's tons of opportunity on YouTube in both directions in terms of, you know, the value that you can give and the value that you can get back. So if you're somebody that is just interested in that and you want to, you know, take advantage of the opportunity that you have on YouTube and really just the internet in general, in terms of the social platforms or just online video, um, then in that particular case, VidSummit's a great fit. Um, because like Daryl mentioned, you know, if you are, you know, coming into this and you're like, yeah, I, I see the business opportunity here, um, then in that particular case, you know, it, it, it's a great fit because you're going to go there and you're going to learn a ton um, about, you know, those things. In addition to that, um, I also think it's a great fit if you're somebody that is a solo creator and you don't have an opportunity to like network with anybody locally or anything like that because the content creators that are there are serious content creators, people that are, you know, taking this stuff seriously. So because of that, everybody that you're around when you go to VidSummit um, is somebody that is, you know, taking all this stuff seriously and people that you can network with as well because being a content creator, a solo content creator, um, it's really isolating or it can be a really isolating experience, isolating experience. But when you get some YouTube friends that you can talk to and hang out with and share ideas with and share analytics with and things like that, um, that by itself can add so much value to what it is that you're doing. And that by itself can be the thing that kind of gets you over that hump because it can also help you see things that you're doing in a different way as well. Um, so because of that, you know, I think that if you are either a solo creator that's wanting to take it seriously or to somebody that sees the business opportunity, um, then in that particular case, I think, you know, it's a great fit as well. And I think D has some more 
We're just going to keep stacking these on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to add, so my first time going to Vid Summit, I, I had a relatively small channel. Yeah. And I wouldn't think of it in terms of, is my channel big enough to go? I would think about, am I serious about YouTube? Is am, my mind ready for this? Am I yeah. ready? Right. Am I, am I ready to dive into YouTube? Am I serious about this? Am I, am I going to try to make some money with YouTube? And Am I serious about trying to grow a channel? And if the answer is yes to that, I, I think it's an amazing investment. But look, and, and I, I'm an introvert. I, you know, I, like I'm, I'm, you put me in a, I'll just sit in a corner. Right. You know, if you leave me alone, I'll just sit in a corner. Just a naturally. lot of YouTubers are that way. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that way. And I know a lot of YouTubers are that way. But if you go there, make an effort to talk to people, make mm -hmm. an effort to introduce yourself to people, get a notebook, go to all of the, the, the talks that, that are going to be there. Take notes because you're going there to learn from the best of the best of the best. If in the you're business. in the stream right now and you're having trouble talking to people, come talk to me. <laughs> and then like we'll go talk to people no yeah. I, i'm serious no really yeah really. i'm serious yeah like like if you're you know if you're like yeah you know I, I just don't know like who to talk to or whatever come talk to me and then we'll we'll get the ball rolling yeah yeah you know, don't be afraid to 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 go out and, and talk to people and, you know push yourself to do that wake up early go do all the things and stay up late yeah you know the talks themselves are packed full of value but the hallways are also packed full of value yeah the bar after the event is packed full of value. The yeah. restaurant where people are hanging out, are, it's packed full of value. And you never, you never know who you're going to end up talking to. Right. You never know who's going to be sitting at your table. It's, uh, I, I would say invest in yourself if you're serious about making that leap into YouTube. Yeah. Like, you're like, man, I'm going to do this. Then I say go learn from the best because Daryl Daryl picks the best of the best to go there and speak and represent Bid Summit. And it, it's not a fan event if you're going there to meet – you know, Mr. Beast or whoever, that's, that's not the event for you. But if you're going there to learn, this is the event that you go to. Do you, yeah. know, do you know my favorite thing is you never know who you're going to sit by. And um, I have a, a son that uh, served a mission for our church, just got home two years in, in um, uh, Brazil. And he came home. His, his play button was here, just let you know, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, um, he's going through, like, he's just literally, uh, job shadowing me and going through and So I'm, I'm having him go through all the talks and everything at vid summit, like every year I, I'm having him go through it all so he can see the evolution of it and everything. Um, but what's funny was six years ago, you know, um, you know, there's a person sitting in the audience had a, you know, about five, five million subscribers. No one was going up to him. A person was having a conversation with him. They kind of hit it off in, in, in that regard. And, and before you know it, you know, there was, uh, a, an opportunity that wasn't necessarily presented. And that opportunity was this content creator was putting all the money into his content and hired this person that was sitting right next to him. That was super oh, nice. smart. It was very analytical. Right. Uh, so those conversations happen all the time. And so for me, I like the synergistic, uh, but what was funny is no one knew that that was Mr. B sitting in the audience because he wasn't like, he wasn't as big as he is now. Right. Cause. You, the next, the next Mr. Beasts that are really going to disrupt uh, Vid Summit will be there, or not Vid Summit, uh, YouTube will be there. They, they will. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that uh, will come on and they want to learn. And I'm, I'm telling you, the creators today, uh, we have two creators that are coming. I'm probably the most excited about. Um, one's about ready to cross a billion video views, um, nice. and and this he'll have a billion before he comes to uh, Vid Summit, and it hasn't even been a year yet. 
And I can't wait to learn from that kid. I really seriously, because he, he actually um, created content in a very saturated niche, uh, but he found his value proposition. He found his, his voice. He found his, his way. He doesn't even really edit his videos which is so crazy. Wow. And, and yet they're like 20, 30, 40 minutes long and they're crushing it. And they're actually really engaging videos too, you know? So I, I can't wait to learn from him. And I think there's a lot of people on stage, but there's all, all those people too, that you never know who you're sitting by. Uh, there's people that like to be incognito. I'm one of them, you know, and you can have those, have those conversations that could lead to connecting the dots of helping you with something that, that you didn't necessarily consider before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Daryl's always funny at this summit because he's he's got so much going on. Yeah, he's always walking around. Yeah. He just he's going like eight different directions yeah, yeah, yeah. at one time. Yeah, yeah. Daryl. Yeah. Daryl has. Like he's always just got like a friendly look on his face, yeah. but he's got a vid summit face too. Yeah. And the yeah. vid summit face, like you never know where you're at with Daryl with the vid summit face. Because <laughs> I know his mind is just in all directions at once. <laughs> it, it, it takes it takes a lot to to make sure everything's flowing good. And sure. my my biggest fear this year is, um, and I'll just be really vulnerable right now. But my biggest fear is. Like for the last nine years, it's been at a location, right? It's just mm. like there's been so many different things, like the hotel, the bar, the restaurant is all there. There wasn't much to do around that. Um, my biggest fear now is we have a bigger location. And we need it because I mean we couldn't even we couldn't even fit in last year. Like we had to literally turn people away because uh, of the fire marshal and stuff like that. And so it was like we needed a bigger uh, facility. That's why we went to to Dallas. But we already sold out four hotels. It's like when you when you're doing that, it's just like man, it's not. It, it's going to be a little bit bigger than what we've done before. But I just hope that we can keep the intimacy, you know. And so that's kind of my biggest concern, uh, you know, coming into this is I don't want it to be so big that it's disconnecting because uh, we spent you know ten years you know making the what it is. And so that's my biggest mm -hmm. fears. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. And yeah. um, and I'm sure based on the feedback, you know, um, that you get, I'm sure, you know, if any adjustments need to be made, I'm sure, you know, you'll be right on those adjustments, you know, yeah, um, if for sure. need be. Yeah, because it's definitely a magical, uh, you know, event. Um, so um, our next question here, we've got um, two more uh, Super Chats here. Um, the very next one is from, is from Ace. And hey, really quick, um, before I move on to the super chat, um, for those of you that are here that don't that you know just came into this and you're and you're like, hey, I don't even know what these guys are talking about. So what we were just talking about is Vid Summit. It's a conference that's uh, coming in October third through the fifth in Dallas, Texas, and um, it is a it's the event for content creators. So if you are somebody that is looking at YouTube as something that you are going to be taking seriously and that you want to turn into something, then in that particular case, go to vidsummit.com um, and you can get more information information, see the tickets, see all the different speakers that are going to be there um, as well. Um, so you can find out more information about uh, VidSummit there. So um, Ace is our next question, says, do you think YouTube should be a little bit more transparent with partners, letting them know the status of the channel audit um, or not? If something is being shadow banned or gated, that way the partner can work on fixing the issue. Um, personally, I think YouTube should be very specific about anything like that. Um, anything that gets a manual review, I think they should say, well, we you know, are not Basically, you're keeping this strike because of this, or you're keeping, you know, um, like we're taking down, you know, these videos because of this very specific thing that you did, um, instead of it being like, hey, here's a vague thing that it might have some reference to, and here, go look at this Google Help article. Yep. Um, I think that them being very specific would be advantageous, not only for creators, but for YouTube. 
because if they started sharing that information, then content creators would broadcast that information by saying on Twitter, you know, wherever else, hey, I got this, you know, strike or whatever. And it was because of this, which then from that point informs other content creators that, you know, that's a problem. And then that can help people just have a lot more insight about what is and is not allowed on the platform. Um, So in my opinion, yeah, I think they should be very specific about all of that and as transparent as possible just to help, you know, content creators better navigate what's going on because a help article link doesn't really help anybody because all of that is usually vague as well. Um, So yeah, absolutely. I think uh, they should be transparent. Yeah. Let me, let me say something uh, about that uh, with, with ACE. Um, Okay. So I've been talking very openly about, you know, this whole aspect of, you know, how YouTube looks at you specifically in your content. And um, there's, there are words that we use that uh, I would say um, creators might perceive it one way um, and, and, and YouTube might see it another way. So the word shadow ban, uh, I can guarantee you, cause I was reading something that Renee was saying, he's like, we don't really shadow ban. It's not shadow banning. You know, we do, we do gate it, age gate it, and they either age gate it down for kids and they age gate it up for, um, you know, for other, uh, you know, more adult type content, but there, there are, there always is a, a ripple effect regardless of what it is. It's like where, what opportunities that you have, if it is gated in, in any regard, you know, um, if they have to be logged in, that's a huge, that's a huge, uh, um, you know, missed opportunity because not a lot of people log in. You might think they do, but they don't. <laughs> you want to come to YouTube and it says they're, they're ready to consume. So that alone, there's just some complications. And then two, what, what is going to be recommended? What is going to be suggested? And where's that traffic coming from? So it can impact videos. And I've seen videos just go, go, go. And then just drop, you know, and, and regardless of what they call it, that happens. Um, and so my, my whole thing would be, I try to do it to a more general of an audience and I'll, I'll be direct. I've had people come on that do adult content, uh, that do, uh, uh, have very vulgar, uh, conversations. And, and we even had on stage in my keynote, um, someone coming in where we were proving that you can make more money. If this is a business, you can make more money by not swearing than you do with swearing. We, we basically broke it down, okay? And for me, if it's going out to a more general audience, you have the most opportunity uh, to connect. You have the most opportunity for those views. So that's that's kind of been my biggest push is, you know, staying clean, getting to the to the, 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 the biggest opportunity and not try to get up to that that line. I've had uh, conversations and you, you'll see some, some of the biggest creators uh, right now, they're not making some of the, the same type of content that they were because now they see the business implications and not just doing videos for fun. It's just like, no, this is a business and we want to engage in so many different ways. And so for me, I'm my, I'm, I'm all about creating content that connects and, and brings a net positive to the world. Um, and and I'm, I'm grateful that YouTube has a, a program that we can share in revenue so I can make that happen. Love it. Absolutely love it. Super chat. Urban Van Life says, Dude, uh, I'm late in here. <laughs> Hotel booked, flights booked, and traveling there with Christina. See you all soon. I love that. That's awesome. So we've got another super chat, and this one is uh, a great question super for you. Super chat. Uh, yep. Demon Dro said, "If you had to choose financially, channel Jumpstart or Vid Summit, which do you think will take me further?" I'm a single dad. He's playing the dad card. Yeah, I'm yep. a single dad, and I have custody, so I kind of go. I got to go make a decision. 
Yeah, uh, there's no no comparison uh, between the two. Like Vid Summit, you'll get what you need to get out of it. Uh, Channel Jumpstart is my mentoring program, and I literally take you for for twelve weeks. And I tell you exactly what to do. Um, so if you if you like that, if you want that, you know, for twelve weeks, this whole process, I teach you how I view YouTube, leverage it, how I come up with the ideas, how I'm able to break those ideas into actionable uh, audiences. Then yeah, that's that's where you can go. But for me, I I would probably invest in mentoring, um, and and just because we just have really good success, um, you know, it's 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 not a course, it's a community, and then also a system that I show you. Uh, so yeah. Now, Daryl, on your channel, uh, usually you do live streams, uh, usually after this, where you actually yeah. interview your students that have had success. So maybe, you know, Demon Road, that's something that you want to go through and, and, and watch some of those replays. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Thelma Thrift says, editing tips. Boomer here, uh, jewelry, thrifting, and videos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Daryl, when it comes to uh, editing video content, let's say specifically, uh, you know, jewelry and uh, thrifting content, uh, what kind of tips do you have when it comes to putting that type of content together? From an editing um, standpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thrifting. Um, so I'm more interested in it. Is it is it jewelry thrifting? I would assume, you know, hopefully it's not just thrifting and jewelry because that's a disconnect from my point of view. Um, so uh, if, if it is uh, finding the deal um, and you're being thrifty and you're getting high quality stuff, there's a, a huge value proposition. But I don't know what uh, computer you have. Um, there's some great, great things on the mobile device that you can edit. Um, like, like seriously, even on Mac and windows, there's some great programs. Um, I, I do believe it's going to be more about storytelling than about editing. Um, and if you're, if your audience is a little bit older, um, and, and, and maybe your age or higher or whatever, um, they're not as critical with the edit as, as they would if it was an alpha or a Gen Z or a millennial, you know, it's just like, there is this, this sense of good storytelling. So what I would do for an editing tip is learn how to become a better storyteller and then, and then really watch channels of why they do things that they do in the edit. Um, and, and that's what I would do. And it comes back down to why would someone clicked on, on, on the video? So for me, how you're able to save a thousand dollars or something to get this piece of jewelry is interesting. Or I found this piece of jewelry that, that is, you know, worth a thousand dollars. That's great. Uh, but it's, it's more taking them through the story of, you know, how did that happen? Why did it happen? Engaging them, having that surprise and delight along the way that's storytelling. And I think that can, um, it like, I've just seen it over and over and over again that can make up for lack of editing in, in that regard. But you are going to need to really get, um, you know, some good examples of what, what would respond really well with that community and that audience. And that's where I'd, I'd really look at other videos and see why they do these certain things. There we go. Yeah. She said she's editing on a, on a Mac. I don't know if you need technical uh, information on that. If you're on a Mac, you could check out Final Cut Pro. Uh, I, I've been I think it's probably the style, right? Would you say the style, it's the okay. style? Yeah, but yeah, go ahead for the software. Oh, I was just going to say Final Cut Pro is great on a Mac. Uh, I've been experimenting a lot with CapCut, which is free and ridiculously powerful for what it does for being free. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And uh, we have another one here, um, 30 Day Reviews. Super Thank you for chat. the super chat. It says, um, I've been told the name of my channel should be changed, Men's Grooming Channel. Best name I can come up with is Prime uh, Men's Care. 
means proper and is my last name would also allow me to expand. What are your thoughts? In my opinion, um, because you are needing to explain to me what the name means, um, I would pick something that's a little bit more clear if that part of the name is important to the, you know, to the viewers that you're trying to reach. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the name is more about being easy to remember so people can find you more than it is about people, you know, responding to the video content itself. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on channel names or the importance of channel names from a viewer perspective, Daryl? Yeah, I, I, I like um, your mustache, number one. I went to your channel, and it's the coolest, gnarliest mustache I've seen on YouTube. So you, you got first place for that, just to let you know. You um, and and I, I would say I would probably do more around – um, the grooming, the grooming side, like, uh, 30 day reviews. I don't even know what that means. Um, I guess you do reviews for 30 days or something, but when I come to your content, it's, it's literally about products that, you know, are, are, you know, uh, for grooming. So I, I would do something like that if it was me. Um, generally I could care less about, uh, a channel name. Um, just, just by, by every aspect. I mean, you, you look at some crazy names that are out there. It's just more of the content that you're doing and the value proposition. Uh, but it is around a vein that it could enhance people's, uh, willingness to click if it was around men's grooming. Uh, like, okay, okay, great. I know what that is. Boom. And then it's all things men's grooming. I think that's great. So, and it kind of bakes what it is that you offer directly into the name as well. Right. So then it, you know, adds instant clarity, you know, once they do uh, yep. land, you know, on the, on the content itself, the gnarly yep. mustache, the gnarly mustache. No, did you You're welcome. It? Go check it out. It's just like, it like, it like curls. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely familiar with, uh, with, uh, Justin's, uh, content. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fantastic mustache. Yeah. The best mustache. I agree. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, um, on that note, um, so we are coming to a close here. Um, so um, because of that, Daryl, I want to thank you for thank you coming so on to the stream today. Super um, appreciated as always. Just as a reminder for everybody, um, you know, Vid Summit is coming up October 3rd through the 5th. So make sure um, that if you are able to get to Dallas, Texas during that time, that you head over to uh, Vid Summit and you can find out information about that at vidsummit.com. Um, if you are just joining us, you know, newly, um, it is a conference for content creators specifically. So, you know, if you're watching this and you're somebody that's wanting to take YouTube seriously, then definitely make sure that you check out vidsummit.com um, so you can get more information on the event there. So Daryl, as always, thank you so much for coming yep. on. Thank, thank you, you so much for sharing your expertise with us. It is super um, appreciated. And um, ha- everybody here have a fantastic rest of your weekend. And one more thing, um, as always, as well, if you are new to, the, you know, to making content, and you're new to this whole YouTube thing, and you're, you know, and you're just kind of against a wall in terms of, you know, you're trying to, you know, make everything work, and you're still having trouble with everything. Keep in mind that that YouTube is just like anything else when it comes to a learning curve. So, you know, if you are struggling right now, just keep in mind that that just typically means that, you know, there's just more things that you need to learn and, and, and skills that you need to develop around what it is that you're doing because you know when it comes to all of these things there are a lot of skills required so because of that you know don't let that discourage you instead look at it as okay i need there's things that i need to learn and there's skills that i need to develop around what it is that i'm doing you know here um, on youtube um, and if you are having that trouble just remember that you are in that learning curve and um, and see your way through it because you know there's a filter of sorts when it comes to youtube and 
uh, that learning curve is a huge part of that filter because if you can't get through that, then all of the other amazing things that can come from being a content creator, you know, they become not possible. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to embrace this learning curve, I'm going to understand where I'm at and then try to build from here, then in that case, you'll make it through the filter. So um, on that note, everybody have a fantastic rest of your weekend and uh, we will see you next time. Cheers. D, great stream. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.